right here in this studio tonight, we've got a very special show for you. A murder has taken place, and the murderer is among these contestants. Right here, our presenters will solve the mystery. My job is to head the investigation of all six suspects. It doesn't matter what tricks spells you pull, the murderer will not go free. Oh, this is taking too long. It was Nanami. She used the candlestick in the billiards room when she was one too many people when one too many people thought she was a boy. I'm going now, you insufferable stuffed shirt. The nonsense she spits out. It was Ace with the monkey wrench in study. He got accused of being a bad bookkeeper for the last time. Say, why are all those people watching this? You haven't even checked the facts these goofs are spouting. It was Victor with the lead pipe in the dining room. I knew that Star Dragon Sword is driving him mad, but we needed it. Do we really have to walk between the rooms while we're doing this? I shouldn't get involved, but it was Sergeant Joe with the rope in the conservatory. Too many cowardly ducks made something snap, I guess. Crap, it broke! They really should make beer bottles like they used to. Oh, we're still doing this? It was shoe with the dagger in the cellar. I don't know why. He always had some reason nobody figured out. Get me out of here! He was stupid Lily with the revolver in the library. It wouldn't never be a snap if someone called me a name. It's not happening! It was Alia who put me here. Had to be. What did I do to that girl? Need more alcohol over here! Samus, read! Get my father now! Maybe Apple was right not to be the head strategist. Fubar, I see you out there. Don't you dare help Hugo take that pie. What did this cop just call me? You're all dead! It appears that this mystery is not so easily solved. Tomorrow night, in the same studio, right here, we'll see if they can find the answer. Who shot JR? Nobody oh, that makes me so sad. how dry I am. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Three, two, one! RPGs from the 1980s right up through yesteryear. Brought to you by the staff of RPGamer.com, we tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly games for nearly 30 years of RPG history. So sit down and hold on tight. Your next adventure is about to begin. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. Welcome to RPG Backtrack number 84, 108 stars in heavens, in the heavens. Well, of course, since there's three of them, isn't that like 324 stars in the... Anyway, we're going to be... Do really want to try start advertising our math skills, Phil? We are, because I'm an accountant, and the more I drink, the more accurate my math gets. And to help hold me to that, we've got a gaggle of guests with us today, all with very unusual and different names that I will mercilessly, mercilessly slaughter. Yeah. You can tell you've been drinking. Yeah, how dry I am. 
first off, there's my good friend and co-host, Mr. Mike Minky. Well, you already know I'm here, so what, what do I have to say for myself? Just, I, I'm dry. I don't have any alcohol, and I can't catch up unless I run to the store. You made me sad, Phil. Thanks a lot. You could welcome everybody to the brand new and awesome RPG Vita track. I think you're a better place to do that, actually. <laughs> Miss Sam Marshmallow. It's not the Vita track. It's the Vita Get track. Woohoo! Everybody jump on board the Vita track. That's okay. <laughs> now you just made me think of the, the Ho Train from WWE, and I didn't want to remember that, so thank you. It's okay. When it I also comes... remembered Supermarket Sweep this evening, oh, which I didn't also game. want to know about either. Hey, you know what? Some of us have it, and some of us don't, because it's still wrapped up. <laughs> You're cruel. I am. But not as cruel as Mr. John String. Stringy something. Er, er. String bean. I survived my first show. I am back. I don't know why. The didn't kill me. Why? <laughs> why would you do this to yourself? I don't know. It's my whole my whole night. And now you got to go to sleep right after and wake up and do work all over again. Well, may we... You know who else keeps coming back for seconds and thirds of string beans and whatever else we're serving on the RPG backtrack? Mr. Nathan Schlothen! Um, yeah. I'm not joining the Vita train either. Woo-woo! Woo-woo! me getting one anytime soon at all. I barely got a PSP a couple years ago. Isn't it cool? I love the PSP. (gasps) You broke your PSP? Yeah, just kind of happened. We'll have a memorial service at the end of the show. <sighs> and what do you need with your brand new Vita? You need apps! Mr. Michael Apps! Phil, you're lucky I don't have a copy of Mortal Kombat for Vita right now. Mortal thrown down. Kombat! <laughs> hey, you, you, would, you would get your butt kicked because I figured out both shoulder buttons together does really gnarly moves. I can so do both of you, shoulder buttons. Did one of you pull out a flawless victory? Uh, yes, I would. Flawless victory. And uh, let's see here. We got a new person on the show. You know, I think her name is on my screen here, but I don't really follow what the screen says. I just make up my own names. It's Kit Kat. Or you can call me Chrissy. Why? I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? <laughs> I don't I understand know. You, I understand you're related to somebody already on here. Is that right? Chosen um, sisters. Yes, chosen sisters. Chosen sisters. Ooh, it's We're like not legitly related. It's here's another memory <laughs> Sam didn't want to have back. It's like an episode of Sister Act right here on the backtrack. You know, I did like that movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The second one had Lauren Hill. That just made it cooler. Mm. Well, hmm. so we got like six people to talk about 324 characters. And we have to do it in under whoa, 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 whoa. a couple Phil, of hours. Math already off. Yeah. Phil, some of them are reoccurring. Get out. Yeah. 270, 260 characters. I'm sure, though, that they've developed so much that they feel like completely new characters in the sequel, no. though, right? No. They've just no. utterly changed. Yeah, it does. Good characters? You know, like... Only a couple. Some of these characters are, you know, lucky enough to get a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, uh, you well, are, are you, the first and second games. Apple does change a lot. Are are you implying that because there's 108 characters, perhaps not all of them are completely fleshed out and given an ultra deep personality and background? Wait, Dude, wait, Apple uh, went from having no boobs to full boobs by three. Apple, Apple went from being focused on computers to more on iPads and. You know, smartphones. Wrong Apple, honey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's there's the chesty strategist Apple. Remember her? She got hot in three. Well, this RPG backtrack has gotten completely off the tracks. So we're going to take... A... Not by our usual standards, though. Well, we're going to take a moment <laughs> to get it back on track while you listen to this musical track. <laughs> we'll be right back. about a trilogy of Suikoden games. And uh, I'm sure there's like a proper way to pronounce it, but just like I do with everything else, I will simply solder it as I go along, as will most of our people today. We're all going to pronounce a different problem, but that's okay. Uh, let's see, we're talking about the first three Suikoden games. There's other Suikoden games, but we're just talking about the first three. Did you really want to take it over 600 characters, Phil? Mm-hmm. I don't think you did. No, no, some of them are recurring, so it's only like probably 568 or something. That's You're totally not manageable in one show. Totally. You're also not counting, you know, that other spin-off game, Tear Christ, which also has 108 stars. Nice. No, we none are of them recurring. We and are none of those are recurring. We are talking about Suikoden developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Tokyo, published by Konami. This was released on the PlayStation in North America December 1996 and later on on the PlayStation Network December 23, 2008. This is a single-player RPG experience for your PlayStation 1, PlayStation 3, and I even got onto my PSP. I played it on the PS2. It works there. Sweet. Well, probably play it on the Vita. Yes, you can. Let's talk about that for a minute, shall we? No, <laughs> How about kidding. no? <laughs> How about no? Yeah, vetoing the Vita. I'm sorry, Sam. Uh, we can't make you out. <laughs> yeah, I got some stack. I think you dropped from the call. <laughs> All right, back to the Vita track. I love you, too. Let's be coding one. Let's talk about that game. Okay. Um, I didn't um, know film. until I started playing it that the main character's official name is McDole, so I called him Zorro. He's actually <laughs> Tear McDole, no less. Yeah. That's his actual name. I think name. Tear is like only in a book. There's, the game itself doesn't give him an official name, and McDole no. is the last. Right. It it was sort of a fan name that they gave him, and it just kind of stuck with um, all the merchandising and whatnot, because every hero since Dolt McDole now has an official name that they use for all the merchandising and whatnot, because yeah. we get to speak out in 2's character. I don't even know how the hell you pronounce his, so... I, yeah, that's Rio, I think. I think yeah. it's Rio, but in any case... I just go yeah. by what I called him. Yeah, Suikoden 1. I named my uh, character from... Troa after the Gundam wing pilot. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting difference. <laughs> Chrissy, what did you name your main protagonist? Because I remember you, you gave really crazy names to your characters. Oh, gosh. I think I called McDole uh, Douchebag. So oh, I, with, with the question How did mark? you do that? <laughs> did you take out the E so it would fit? I think so. Or maybe I just called him Douchebag. I can't remember. <laughs> 
But it was, yeah, it was douchebag or douchebag. It was pretty awesome. Uh, in my case... Young Master uh, Douchebag, how are you faring today? Yeah, I'm not sure if I can even say my name after that one. Oh, too pain. What did you name yours, Nathan? Actually, the Swickerton was the first video game character I ever named after myself, oddly enough, and just kind of stuck. And still in my head, the names I used for the next several games are all based off of like my name and family members' name stuff, which you know I can't get them out of my head as being the not the official names, which is kind of silly. <laughs> How about you, John and Mike? What did you guys name your protagonist? I do not recall. I, I think I just called him Orin. <sighs> I usually use after Final the, Fantasy After the names. sacred thing in the never-ending story, you named him after that? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, young Master McDole, he's a rich kid who's all like, my daddy's in the army. My daddy's he got me a job in the army. He got me a job in the army. I could go see the scary witch lady. And then he goes and sees the scary witch lady on a dragon. And the dragon kid, Fudge, is a little jerk in the first game. So I want to kick, I wanted to kick him so many times when he opened his mouth. So you go see the scary witch lady, and then her apprentice is like, I hate you. And you're like, okay. So you go see the scary witch lady, and she tells you, you're going to have a crazy destiny in which you will meet one of the 27 true runes. Yours crazy witch lady is named Licknot. Your true rune will probably murder a bunch of people. <laughs> go. Licknot's in all of the games. And I'm pretty sure she's the real villain of the series. Oh, she's the villain, if you think about it. Think long and hard about all the evil things that she does in putting these people into these horrible destiny situations. Does she put them there, or does she just read She guides them there. (laughs) She doesn't really do anything at all. She does one thing in Swicken and One, which is, you know, kind of a weird miracle out of nowhere. It's not even really her doing, kind of. She just makes it happen. Well, remember, in the first game, she's basically saying... Go beat up my sister, Wendy, because she's being stupid right now because she kind of has the hots for the Emperor, and he's kind of a creepo. Uh, well, it's more I don't think, the, em- I don't know, think going she around. had the hots for the Emperor. The Emperor had the hots for her. Yeah, the, yeah. the Emperor say, had for her, Wendy. Wendy's <laughs> <laughs> just looking for the true rune and is there in search of that, correct? Yeah, yeah she so just wants the true rune. The true rune held by Ted. Yeah, Who is Ted. her BFF. Good old Ted. Like your adopted brother. Yeah, the hero's, you know, well, he's just the guy hanging around with the hero all the time, who he's, turns out to be a... He's also kind of a jerk, isn't he? Well, <laughs> By he's the way, I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> well, you know, he's been, it's actually a 200-year-old guy who's been on the run from Wendy for 200 years ever since I thought he was 300 his family years old. Bearing, what? Wasn't he 300 years old? Yeah. 300, 200, 300, something like that. No. I, I saw 300, but, you know, the translation might have flipped a digit somewhere. Yeah, those the translation of the series, especially the first two games, are pretty bad. Uh, well, the first one from the bland and not particularly memorable, but not awful. Fantasy sevens. So, your journey is you're at the beginning, somewhat protecting Ted. You find out Ted's secret, and it's kind of like, uh oh, spaghettios. We got to do something about this. Um. I'm trying to remember most of the plot of Sweet Code in One because the beginning was not particularly memorable for me. And well, Ted yeah, dies so early that he's... Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, the, the start of the game is quite simply you're, you know, joined up in the military because your father's a big general and fan and such, so they send you off on a mission to take out some bandits. Turns out the bandits are, you know, not terrible people and they're just trying to 
get by and the whole towns are terribly oppressed. Everyone's like, wow, we're horribly oppressing these innocent citizens. And they don't really do much about it. And till, well, so, oh, basically on the whole, on this quest, Ted has to reveal that, oh yeah, I've got a room that can just kill everything. Because you know, the characters <laughs> get in a mess of trouble with ants, of all things. Well, and, and remember, his rune is called the Soul Eater. Yeah, it feeds soul on eater. souls. <laughs> it the eats souls. of life and death. It eats yeah. souls. Curse to basically, you know, kill off your loved ones with power every time you, as long as you hold it. So every time you get close to someone, they die. That's kind of a recurring theme of this game because of that rune. Because you see, as soon as they get back from this rune, from this whole expedition where Ted had revealed he had a rune, Wendy fine tracks him down and finds him and nearly kills him. So Ted passes on his rune to you, the main hero. And thus you have to, well, you go on the run from Wendy from it because of this. And thus you fall in with the Liberation Army, a group of people fighting against the corrupt empire. And thus you eventually and get fall in with path. Odessa, its leader, yep. who dies like an idiot. And I'm not, I'm sticking to <laughs> hey, that. Hey, hey, hey. Some <laughs> people didn't kill fits. her off. <laughs> yeah, hey, I didn't kill her off. <laughs> I just never went back to Ludden Camp. I was like, mm, I'm not going to trigger that event. I'm just going to, you know, kill things and get lots of pot. But Rather than watch okay. the leader of the Resistance Army march off for the instant she hears a child screaming to get killed by Imperial troops. <laughs> I'm sorry, lady. In the brief time I knew you, you did not come across as leadership material. Well, she tried, and she certainly organized a bunch of capable people. And considering the people she had in her group... Can you blame her? She tried really hard and has to deal with the fact that one of them is her boyfriend who's a crazy person who gets and, oh, jealous one, like immediately. And like one of the first five Yeah, like one of the first five people in her group is a spy. That doesn't help much. Yep. And yeah, like And then you, you know, go you take on the role of the slain resistance leader and you start fighting against the Imperial oppression. And yeah, well, it's got your own flavor, but otherwise you're pretty much playing a plot that you've most likely seen before. With yeah, yeah, well, you just conquer each region one by one by amassing an army, building a castle, killing everything with your super powerful Soul Leader rune. And collecting 108 characters. That some of them are pretty hard to get. Yeah, there's a lot of oh characters. Some of them are pretty obscure. I printed out, out a fact for the characters. That's why I didn't miss any. It's almost impossible. I don't know how you can get everyone if you didn't use like a strategy. Yeah, I think I had like so. 60 to 70 in my first playthrough, and it was doing the best I could to get them. I just, so many I missed. Well, on my so. playthrough, I had everybody but Leon, and I didn't use a guide. Leon was the only one I couldn't wow. figure out how to do. You must have been very, very thorough then. I was yeah, so really bitter. <laughs> I was so bitter. Trust me, I'm sitting there going, "Really, really, you asshole!" Isn't there something just standing have to there? Like, you have to like walk to the right spot and do. Well, there's that guy who's mostly obscured by a building. Yeah, uh, the, the land of the dragon knights, wherever that is. Oh yeah, the hidden oh, ninja. Yes. Yes. Yeah, see how well oh. I remember Spicoden one, but I remember <laughs> yeah. that guy. You can just barely see sort of his the nose of his sprite. Fuma, to, I think. Uh, I think that's Fuma. Fuma. That's, that's Fuma. That, that sounds right, yeah. Well, and then there's uh, also, You have to go and, like, get her soap and get her salt, and then you have to give somebody salt, and you go around and you do all this stuff, and she's like, oh, I already got the stuff to do my laundry. It's like, I hate you. Oh, her, yes. She doesn't yes. do anything when she joins. Yeah. She does laundry. <laughs> That's all I get to this game, just don't do anything, which is kind of annoying. I mean, you can recruit cooks. They don't do anything. You can create a dance. You know okay, she'll join battle, least, but she's not great. At least Nathan Sweetcoden 2 fixes the issue with the cook because the cook is bad. Uh, yeah. Sweetcoden 2. And he's mocking <laughs> we'll her. That when we get to it. 
Should we talk since all the games are in the same world? Should we talk about the setting and the and the world and everything? Yes. Uh, well, okay. Well, we can let's talk about the part that we see in this game, and then we'll move on as we go along. Right. I'd say. Yeah, this game set in the Scarlet Moon Empire, which is I guess somewhere south of a lot of other places in the southeastish. I think. It's, yeah, a big, ancient, powerful yeah, empire. It's south of Johnston, which is we code in two. Yeah, and then you have uh, you also have like little elven and dwarf. Uh, homelands, and you have kobolds. There's a lot of anthros in this. Yeah, the kobolds. Yeah, and that Krikus but... guy? I wanted to smack him a couple times. <laughs> oh my god, I hated the elves in that game. <laughs> they are a little annoying. I, I only remember Stallion because because I actually used Stallion for a little while thinking, I can move faster! And yeah. then it, it really wasn't worthwhile because no, it's not how... very good. No, but with Krikus, <laughs> all Krikus did was spend the whole game going, oh, Sylvania doesn't like me! And me going, really? You're going to sit here and whine about the girl who's the elder's daughter who totally has a crush on you and you're too stupid to figure out awesome. <laughs> I hated him. I hated yeah, him. I wonder oh. there were so few elves in that village if they don't read the signs very well. Mind, mind you, I did use one of the elves at the very end of the game. I used Ruby. And that's because Ruby has, I believe it's a really unique rune in the game. I think he had like a pale gate or something. It was something really unique, and that's why I had him. I think it's like one of the second tier elemental runes, but I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was something really awesome, and I just said, you know what? You can stay, because you're not stupid are, like the rest of the elves. I think I actually used Sylvie and Kirkus in my final team originally. Unless he used a devil bow attack and decent magic power. Or did I just use Sylvie and dropped Kirkus? I might have just used Sylvie and dropped Kirkus. Well, this is the unique thing about all the speed coding games is that in the combat system, I mean, you can really pick and choose out of these, well, almost 108 characters about who are 80, combatants. 75. So, yeah, 80 to 75. Can't even do numbers today. This is great, guys. Um, so you can choose from that bunch, mix and match them, and each one of them could come with a Unite skill. They might have a unique rune ability. Um, and it tailors to your playstyle. You might find characters who are really useful, but you might talk to your friend and say, hey, do you use, like, Valria and, like, Kazumi? And they might tell you, why the hell would I use them? I totally had freaking Gremio. <laughs> and then he dies. I'm just saying. For almost half the game before he finally dies. I'm just saying, you know, I used to love Gremio, and then I realized that Millich was so much more badass. I used Millich in my final party, guys. That's how awesome I am. <laughs> <laughs> I also adore Millich, I'm not going to lie. I love the narcissist. I, I, they are one of my favorite subgroups in this series, and that's just because they are so batshit insane. Like, as Morales goes, is dirty, fix it! <laughs> Whatever. Luke, pretty awesome, too. Oh, Luke. There's lightning. You know, like, 20 closets, and if you check all the closets, they say different things. I think he had cheetah leotards. Who knew? Oh, him, yes. I looked at that, yes. I think made roses. It was and then he feels bad because he kills Grem. Most of us are going. Gremio was kind of a wuss. They spent more time trying to hump the young master, which is gross. <laughs> the sense that it's like, dude, personal space, which Gremio had done. He really does did. Anyone, does anyone remember that stupid little bit in the dungeon where you had to spin on the roulette table a dozen oh, times before you finally got to the right one? Yeah, yeah. that's that dupo contraption in Lepon's house. And yes. do it once. I got lucky. I got. I hate you. 
I did not get it on the first try. I did not get it on the tenth try. The second time I replayed the game, because I played Sweet Coden 1, I think, three times. Sounds uh, about right. Uh, I, I did, in fact, had to do it, like, ten times, like, the second time I played it. I remember being so pissed off. I'm like, can I stop fighting dudes now? How many times did you guys have to try to defeat Tio with Pawn without letting him die? Oh, my God, it took me so many tries. <laughs> that was the other hard part. That took me forever because I never used Han until got to that first battle, and then I was like, crap. So I had to go grind for a couple of hours before I could yeah, even try again. My first time, so I just let him, Han, die there, and he just went through yeah. the game dead. Kind of kills me here as opposed to fighting the major war battles, but oh well. Yeah, I honestly I didn't care enough about Pond to really matter, so the one time that I did get all 108 stars, it was the only time I cared because I thought Pond was pretty useless. Well, I had that back in my in front of my eyes, so I knew what I was going to have to do. And nevertheless, I didn't have the dual fact in front of me, so he kind of got killed the first time. Then I printed out a dual fact, so I knew what the general was going to do. Yeah, it's like well, oops. It, it's it gets a bit easier with the pawn fight if all the hero's father does is say "my killer blade" over and over and over. Because <laughs> you know. then you know what to do, right? Yes. You know what? Those were an awesome feature in the games, and I'm I'm yeah. glad when they kept them because the duels were just so much fun. Not only did they force you to think about like a, in a sense a rock paper si- uh, scissor situation, but it was just a nice change from the regular gameplay. Um, There's a good story impact too. Exactly. Um, the the, the Tio fights are a great example. There was a lot of them in the first game, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tear fights is dead. Pawn fights is dead, and I think uh, there's one more, right? There's, there's still three. more than that. In general, uh, at the top of the I think there are only but, three, actually. Yeah, there's only three right. in the first game. And then Sweet Coden Two has more, right? Yes, it Sweet does. Two has a few more. Yeah. Sweet Coden Three is where they like... really take off and do a lot better, in my opinion. Oh, but... Regardless, I mean, they're excellent in terms of the story. Especially yeah. with the Tio situation, um, you know, when you successfully defeat Tio as McDole, you know, little McDole that is, um, you know, there's such an emotional impact. You know, not only did you yeah. just defeat your father, but you defeated your what your father stands for in the story, and that's a pretty freaky thing if you think about it. I mean, you're just this young kid, and you went and you beat the crap out of your dad because you didn't believe in what your dad <laughs> was doing, um, and, and it can be a scary you, thing. Yeah. And then right immediately after, you eat his soul into your rune, and it becomes more powerful, unlocking its crazy powerful hell attack, which instant kills all enemies with a 100% success rate. And you know, thinking about that, that is really freaking creepy. Hey, Dad, I'm going to eat your soul. By the way, you're going to help me kill Barbarossa. Oh, goodness. I, I, I seem to be in the minority in that I kind of liked the army battles in Suikoden 1. Oh, yeah, I, like them. I did too. I liked them better than uh, in 2. I won't say they're better than two, but they're kind of fun in, in this one because of the whole like, gathering your party members gets all kinds of like the random most random of characters can turn the most worst team of the preset army attack choices you have into you know the best choices. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and even though it looks kind of like another rock paper scissors, because you have the thieves and the ninjas to go out there and spy on the enemy and see what they're going to do, you actually like dragon have, knights. Yeah, dragon knights. So you yes. only get those late in the late in the game. Yeah, or just like cool little yeah. mini games that break this in more story impact. And, you know, whenever you're playing these RPGs, especially tactical RPGs, and you have your army, which consists of ten guy army, this actually makes you feel like you have an army. Where most yeah, by the end, play. you're you're fighting with about what it was twenty thousand guys against a like number, most roughly. Yeah. Yes, like 
twenty thousand versus like forty thousand, I think. Even though the visuals for those kind of remind me of uh, Genesis strategy games, so that's not much of a War song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still, even even if the battles weren't all that great, it just the I think the Im- getting something for you know going around collecting an army really adds a lot of impact, even if the battles say weren't all that great but they are yeah, like, they weren't uh, hard, hard, hard or you know, like technically yeah. deep it's just you know when you see how the enemies are called archers and use a strategy but again you know what it's like what I was saying before for some people there are characters that you're going to use and they're going to be awesome for you and then there's going to be some where you're just wondering what the hell to do with them so you put them with somebody <laughs> else and you hope for the best um, I'm pretty sure I it. had Flick on my team all the time for everybody, it's difficult. Flick forced himself into your party so many times. I was like, goodness boy, do you have something better to do? Yeah, <laughs> there, are like, there's, there are some main characters. Like, Why would you not want to have Flick in your party? Yeah, Simple, because I like Victor better. Well, you're forced <laughs> so to bring both to the final dungeon. I know. <laughs> don't they unite together, Victor and Flick? They, uh, like a, they do in the second game. I don't remember the first, okay. though. They do have one in the first. first game, too. Okay. They do. Oh, do they? Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it's, well, I don't remember what it's called, but I called it the bro attack. Essentially, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just like how Flick has an attack, I believe it's with Hicks, because they come from the same village. <laughs> I um, only used Hicks when I had to, but I kind of liked Tengar, because she was a good magician. And the Tengar, Hicks Tengar attack was pretty good, actually. The, the Hicks and Tengar attack is good. I actually used Tengar in my final party every time in both games. And that's because her magic is really good. Yeah, I think I've used her at least once in my go. Not just that. If you get her uh, weapon up to its highest level, it's actually really good, her little throwing knives. Like, she can do some massive damage. We haven't mentioned that you upgrade weapons by going to a blacksmith instead of buying new ones in Suicoden. Yep, you sharpen them. And it's actually just one weapon in this whole game, you just get better. The other thing, I mean, and we maybe should have mentioned this when we talked a little bit about battles, is that there are short range, mid range, and long range. And the positioning in this game is incredibly important when you're doing the battles because obviously you're not going to stupidly put the short range guy in the back row, just as you're not going to put the long range person in the front row. Well, you can if you you want to play like an idiot. Um, So, you know, it was important to mix and match some of that stuff. Of course, there's mid range characters who can go to any row, which is. Exactly. And for the most part, you get enough solid mid-range characters that you don't really have to worry about that aspect. But for example, when you have characters like Flick and Victor, you can't put them in the back. It just doesn't work. Thankful Cleo was on my team a lot because she was well, mid-range. Cleo was not well, only long mid-range. Range. She's, she's long-range because she was a throwing oh, knife it, character. Well, at the very least, I always needed somebody to fill out the back row and she was there. Mm-hmm. She was good for that. She she was good at not being a bench warmer. Uh, even the hero can be thrown in the back row on occasion, which is kind of interesting. Yes. There's always a nice touch that he's not stuck on the front row because he's using a staff rather than a sword. Swords are short-range weapons, stabs are mid-range weapons. I think his I teacher, who, in the who back. was his teacher? The teacher uh, with whom he did that awesome Unite that hit everything on screen? I think that's Kai. That's that Kai. Sounds right. yeah. That sounds right, yeah. Sue Coden's one of the series that the main characters don't need <sighs> swords. Except for, I guess, it's all three. Oh, the one well, did and three, you know, so what? <laughs> they have swords. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but you're right, yes. Coden's unique in that regard. I mean, when we talk about the next one, we got Tonfas, which are badass. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy about the staff, and I'm not really crazy about McDole as a character, truthfully. I mean, it's one of those games that paints a really beautiful story. Um, it's got a lot of great ideas. And when we get to two, you're going to, we, you know, we're going to explain how everything gets changed for the better. It's really good at setting up the world, I think. It is, and the 
the world is one of my favorite aspects of this series, just because as each game appears, it grows a little more. But you're always hearing about in like the first game or the second game about some of the more um, unexposed areas. Like, you know, when they talk about Johnston in the first game, you don't actually know where that place is. You know, it's basically north, but that's about it. You know, it's north, right? You don't know also that it's probably going to be the setup for the sequel, because they also talk about the grasslands in the first game, except where's the grasslands? They're not till Sweet Code in 3. I think the grasslands, are they mentioned the first? I know they're at least mentioned the second in a couple places. They are. They mentioned the the great southern ocean in the second one, too. I remember that. Yeah, the the southern Mm -hmm. islands, too, which is the setting of the fourth game. Well, and, you know, in the first game, you have when you meet the pirates. Pirates wants to put the ocean, right? Which is the game, even though it's mentioned in the first game. So there's little hints that they drop for different aspects of the world and maybe what's going to happen with some of the plot, uh, just as certain characters now become reoccurring for the series, and especially for the first three. Yeah, um, tons of for example, eggs. your teleporter in the first game, Vicky, she's in every game. Yeah, just as your rune mistress. Out. And in the first one, she just pops up in a dungeon, more or less says, hey, you want me to go up to your castle and teleport you? She does that, and then she never really says anything else the whole game. <laughs> she starts to talk more in the other games, though, which is pretty funny. But not yeah, the further she goes, the more important she becomes, kind yeah. of. And then you've also got Jean, the rune mistress, who basically loses clothing as the games go on. Also, <laughs> who says almost nothing in the first one. She basically yeah. says, ooh, 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 I have runes. And you're just like, <laughs> okay. Hey, well, in the cool. first game, the only one that has a lot of lines is Victor, Flick, and Grimio, I think, right? And <laughs> Matthew. Matthew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a few things, a little bit of Kasumi and Valeria, but not too much. And as long as we're talking about the first game's plot, I have to say that Emperor Barbarossa was either an idiot or under Windy's spell to allow his kingdom to suffer what happened to it. And that doesn't fit with the people talking about what a great ruler he used to be. I, I don't think the conclusion works. No, I I actually agree with you about that. The conclusion is a little sloppy. For I thought Windy is the is the clear villain throughout the the game. And what do you do? You fight the emperor at the end when you've barely heard anybody talk about him the whole game. You beat him, <laughs> and then he drops off the roof with Windy and smashes them both into the pavement, and that's it. You don't even get to fight the antagonist. That's yeah, and, the, and there's the fact that, you know, like, it's only the final battle do you hear that the Emperor actually has a true rune, and, like, Windy's entire goal this entire game is to get two true runes. Like, why is she always after the Soul Eater when she just has, you know, the owner of the Sovereign Rune madly in love with her right there? Because she needs more than one, clearly. It's like, diamonds are a girl's best friend, well, clearly a true runes are her best friend. Yeah, I think the I ending might know. be the weak part of this game. Where is the DLC to fix the ending on this one? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> go back to 1995 Japan and see what you can do. Yeah. But you know what? Despite the ending not really wrapping everything up, I mean, I think it's safe to state for the most part that the story is still quite good. And the people, for example, who die in this story, it's pretty impactful. Yeah. And as much as I pick on Gremio, Gremio's death is actually one of the saddest. Yes, you poor man, sir. I didn't think that. But then he comes back. Well, I, I always chose to keep him dead, so... <laughs> See, I never I, I should, brought guess him I back. Should ex- I guess I should explain something. When I when I was playing Sweet Coden, the first one, the second one, and the third one, I was a huge member of the Sweet Coden fan community. That also included the scary Yahweh community. <laughs> um, so I had to deal with a lot of people who were always saying how, like, oh my god, McDull and Grammy are so hot together, oh my god. And I would sit there and be like... Gremio really needs to learn so how to understand personal space. And McDole, I'm pretty sure if he's boning anybody, he's probably boning Ted. 
just just throwing it out there, okay? Um, that being said, I mean, Spikoden 1, unfortunately, was a game where, and Chrissy can attest to this because she was a part of the fandom, um, it had actually the most crazies. You would think two or maybe three would have the most crazies, but it was actually the first one in the fandom. To the point of people who wanted to be soul bonders with Matthew, which was the most bizarre thing in the world. Yeah, I, we can, we, it's true. <laughs> It's true. I don't really want to know more. That's yeah. all. I'm just saying. I am glad I never joined any of these strange fan communities when I was playing the first one back in the day. It was just yeah. one of those things where I knew growing up for me when I played this game, I wanted to find people who liked the game as much as I do. And unfortunately, other than Chrissy, I didn't know anybody else. <laughs> and however, Spikoden is something that for me is very personal because... You know, outside of the crazies in the fandom, it gave me people like Chrissy and like Ada, who was on our Harvest Moon show, right? So I got some of my best friends in the entire world because of this game. Back And it, this was back when it, you know, was still pretty, you know, out there and most people didn't even know what it was. I remember when I bought Sweet Code in one, um, I was at a pawn shop in Belleville, Ontario, which is this, it's not a very big city. And my mom found it and she was like, this game has a really horrible cover. I'm gonna buy it. It does. It. Yes. Yeah. It's it one does. of those games yeah. where, so, like, Final Star Four. Put... Remember when Americans yeah. just felt the need to redo Japanese cover art Mega so Man. it would look American? Mega Man covers. <laughs> yeah, but I just Not remember my mom. <laughs> I remember my mom pulling it out of the bin and going, "We have to buy this game." And I said, "Why?" She goes, "The cover's just awful, but it says it's an RPG, <laughs> so clearly you're gonna play it." And God bless my mother <laughs> because you know it turned out to be one of the best games I had ever played, and it's one Actually, that. I've played a lot. This cover is awful. We yes. must buy this. <laughs> I actually played two before I played one, so I did it out of order. Uh, same here. Same here. <laughs> so, so does that mean both I of actually... you bought two at a decent price? No, um, I borrowed it from a friend. We're not talking about two yet. Let's not go there yet. <laughs> okay. okay. No, no, right. no, I played I played two illegally, actually. My brother's friend emulated my PS1, and that was the first game he gave me, actually, after he emulated my PS1. I, I actually bought one randomly at the closing of some random video store. It's just like, oh, this looks interesting, and it's cheap. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, will, got, I will tell you my Suicoden 2 story when we get to Suicoden 2. Yeah, for me, the Suicoden 1 and 2 stories are linked. I just I rented Suicoden 1 and enjoyed it, but never bought it. But way on when I actually... When Suikoden 2 was released, I went to stores to buy Suikoden 2 on its release day, and there was still one lonely copy of Suikoden 1, so I bought it with Suikoden 2 at the same time. Nice. You're a good boy. That, that is the right thing to do. You gave it a good you, home. Did you keep it or did you sell it? I still own them. Still have them? You got one of those that, oh, I can't believe I sold I traded in my Suikoden 2 for $10 back in 2000. I have never <laughs> traded in a single game I've ever owned, so. Wow. So, so Chrissy, how did you play Suikoden 1 and, 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 and? Oh, I borrowed it off of you. That's right. I think I gave you all of them. <laughs> like, I just said, like, take them all. No, you you gave me one at a time. You gave Did me I one. really? What is wrong yeah. with me? <laughs> because you were, I don't know, you were like, I think you wanted to wait to see if I would like it. Oh. And then I really liked it a lot. I think I kept, like, <laughs> writing you letters. Because that was the phase where we were writing each other letters and mailing them all the time. You probably, I, I don't know if you kept them, but there's probably a, I a have whole them. letter. Oh, there's like probably a whole letter of me sobbing about Odessa. And then another like letter where I'm like, oh, what was the other thing? Oh, about me being so happy that Gremio died. And yes. That he got, got yes. brought back. I remember like, that. I think what? there was big glitter in that letter. <laughs> Poor Gremio. Hey, we're Millage supporters. What can we say? <laughs> 
You know, while we're talking about Gremio, I should mention that this game is really annoying when it comes to forcing characters into your party who you might not necessarily want in there. Oh, yeah, that's a big problem with in 1. There's so many characters you want to use, but half your party's full of these characters you've been using since the very beginning, so you never have well, a chance. out of curiosity, who was everyone's favorite character that they would always put in their party when it wasn't forced? Like, who did you always have to have? Victor. Victor, too, but... I've always had the tricksters in yeah. my party, Jupo and Meg, always had them, because they were my favorite group in Suicoden, and up until Suicoden 5, I loved all the tricksters. Then Suicoden 5 brought these new tricksters in, who talk like valley girls, and I was like, I really hate you, Suicoden 5, thank you for doing that. <laughs> so, I always had the tricksters, what about everybody else? I'd say Valeria or Luke were my, were my favorites. Yeah, I Valeria yeah. a lot. I, Valeria and Viki, Larian. I used I used Luke well, a lot as well. Vicky's more on two since I don't think you can actually use her in battle in one. Valeria's uh, cool because of Falcon Room. I think I had Cleo up through the entire game actually because since I'd already been pumping her level wise, she was yeah. holding her own. I level two, buddy. Forced to join with you like a couple it. times, but oh look who yeah, made it up. on! It's Becky Cunning Turkey. Hey now, my Thanksgiving was last month. But when Becky Cunning Turkey comes on the backtrack, Thanksgiving is just beginning. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say one other thing about Suicoden 1, which is that the inventory is awful. Yeah, I hate the inventory in this game. Oh, come on. Not that bad. Maybe comparing like it to what came later, but I kept, I kept having an item which was in the inventory of somebody who's no longer in my party. So what do I have to do? I have to find that person, put him back in my party, take the inventory, switch it around, and then I can't equip it right away. I've got to go through about five more button presses to equip it, and then I have to go sell it because what's left is usually crap. Wasn't there a way to go through? Okay, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, Second 2 makes it a bit better, I think, but it's kind of bad. I think I, I lost some games, actually. I just cleared all my guys' inventory every time in order to stop that. So every time I got a new character, or put characters back in my group, they're always naked, and I had to re-equip them every time. So that is kind of annoying. I probably should have done that, but you never know. I might want to take somebody out again and say, "Wait, I have to re-equip you now. This this sucks even more than I thought it did." I can I can just see this in like a typical RPG party. Uh, Bob, we're gonna have to replace you with a chef over there. Okay. Well, before you go, Bob, I need you to spread eagle against the wall. We're stripping you of everything before you leave the party. Because <laughs> we never know. You'll you'll be hidden. We'll try to find you when the you know when, when the battle comes and. You won't have that special rune anymore. <laughs> but I hardly know you. Oh, don't put your hands there. Whoa. <laughs> hey, you took my armor. You don't need to take anything else. God. <laughs> um, Becky, what are your thoughts on the first Suicoden? As far as I can, it was fun. Um, it was certainly not as good as some of the later um, things. Uh, I did like the some of the storyline parts. Um, of course, it introduced Victor and Flick, my favorite uh, duo of the Sukkoden series, so that always made me happy. Hell yes to Victor and Flick, the greatest bros in Suiko bros ever. <laughs> it's for all other bros. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, this was the only Sukkoden game in which I did not collect all of the Stars of Destiny. I missed one, probably the one that other people missed as well. Um, and um, so... Uh, Gramio bit the big one, and we didn't really care because uh, my husband and I have played all the Sukkoden games together. But uh, so we didn't really care because we didn't really like Gramio, right, dear? <laughs> exactly, he says. Well, I had to do it over again and get them all so I could import my file into two. Oh, I imported important. my file. We got uh, the, uh, the 
protagonist from Sigrid One shows up. It's just Grimia doesn't show up with him. Oh, I thought he didn't. Show, I thought he only shows up if you save Grimia. No, yeah, no, I'm he's coming. still there. Oh, okay. Okay, that changes a lot of things. I thought I knew. <laughs> I thought he. I swear, Grimia will show up if you brought in a file that she's been alive. Since I brought in two different files, first one he wasn't alive. I don't see him then. I don't know. We 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 imported the file, met the protagonist from Suikoden and One, didn't we, dear? Yeah. Did you meet him, or did he join? Did he join you, or did you just meet him? I don't remember if he joined us. Did he join us? Oh, okay. uh, Grammy doesn't join Suikoden Two. He'll join he you if uh, if you say if Grimio, you have Gremio, because you yeah. get both of them. Yeah, I don't remember but if he joined us. Him. I remember he was like, yeah, he was like fishing, hanging out. Yeah, he just so we're like, yo. Yeah. yeah, if you don't save Gremio, you do see the protagonist from the first game, and he's just kind of chilling. <laughs> he doesn't really do anything. You can talk to him. And he doesn't oh, yeah. really tell you anything. He's just like, I'm fishing, and you're like, okay, you're fishing, cool. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't. But he, he's not part of the Stars of Destiny in Sukkot Two, so if right. you so want really to collect matter. all the Stars of Destiny in Sukkot Two, you don't have to get them, which is good. There's actually a couple other characters that are optional in Sukkot Two, but yeah, there are a couple of either or cases in Sukkot Two. They take the same get to star those spot. Issue that that one's kind of an issue in the second game. We'll never forgive it for the one time we got the stupid octopus baby. <laughs> Before we fully move on to two, I'd like to say somebody thought that Chrono Trigger or well, just Chrono Trigger as an example did not look as good as Suikoden One, and I would like to dispute that. Suikoden One uses those big spherical attacks that expand outward, and I say that they look worse in Suikoden One than they did in Chrono Trigger. I'm sticking to that. <laughs> Hmm. Well, it's not an impressively it's, visual game, though. It's not the best-looking game in almost any stretch. I think the character portraits are hideous at times. Yeah, they're very hit yes. and miss. It's still a real nice game. It, doesn't, it certainly doesn't look bad. But... No, I'm not saying that it looks ugly. I'm just saying that it looks like a, a first-generation PS1 game. It's very generic-looking. And the dragons were like elephants. Oh, God. <laughs> and they, yeah, they sound like elephants. <laughs> Which is apparently something okay that nobody that. has ever bothered to tell us before. I, I'm looking forward to that whenever Smog appears in this new Hobbit series, that Smog will sound like an elephant. <laughs> uh, he'll just he'll just do the Bruce Campbell scream, because that's in every movie. Let's see. I think we're actually running dry on stuff to talk about the first one. Music? I All liked I it, but was... I don't remember much. The only song I remember was the one that's like the Gregminster theme. Oh my god, I totally remember that one. No, I don't. <laughs> the only one I remember is it's the one because I used to do a dance with Ada every time we were playing together because it was awful. <laughs> I, I remember liking it overall. I don't remember any specific songs or anything though. Yeah, it has a nice, unique sound to it, which is I liked, but it's nothing too remarkable. Coden 2's soundtrack is better. There, I said it. Oh, yeah, I, I recognized many themes that amazing. many themes that recurred in the later games, and uh, they were done better then. Yeah. Yes, characters reoccur too. Yeah, oh yeah, but generally but with better like writing same too. Exact character, not just the same character. Like it'll be a different character, but they fill the same exact role. No, oh, that's because the stars of destiny have sort of specific roles. That's true. Associated with them. So Victor's role is to get drunk and slay vampires, right? <laughs> Victor's role is to be a big, uh, adorable teddy bear. I want to give him a <laughs> so, hug. So, Becky, question. Yes. Who do you pair Victor with? Do you pair him with Flick? Do you pair him with Leona? Or do you pair him with Annabelle? Or do you pair him with that <laughs> daisy chick that only got mentioned once? <laughs> nah, Annabelle. Totally Annabelle. Yes. 
Oh, oh my gosh, Victor's role is also to have dead girlfriend. Yeah. Oh no, he's that guy. He is that guy. <laughs> and Flick's that guy too. But well, Flick only had one dead girlfriend. Victor's got more dead girlfriends. <laughs> That's true. That's why God, it's good Victor. that they have each other. Flick's the one with underage girl chasing after him, though. Yes, this is the true. crazy Flick underage, underage girl. <laughs> I think they'd better make the full-fledged transition to talking about two. Yay! <laughs> what, do think, what do you think, Phil? We forgot Necklord, though. We didn't talk about Necklord. Yeah, he's we'll a person, too, also. Necklord. And we can talk about Necklord in three. It's got a... <laughs> In the, fun- the in the function of that great skit, yes. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to move on. Nothing so more to just... nothing more to see. Would you here, say people. it's time to finish them? Finish hey, them. Hey, hey. I'm like up to 140 <laughs> combat coins. I'm racking them up. Nice. Why did you bring the Vita back up, Michael? <laughs> Why did you do that? Oh, poopy. You know what? We'll have our three-hour Vita extravaganza after we talk about Suikoden 2. go get my Wii Motion Plus uh, gamepad thingy do and just play games on it right here at my computer because I could. You're not going to play Wii U? Sorry, my, yeah, my Wii U. Okay. The little gamepad. There you go. Huh. So we could do 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 it too. It's uh, developed and published by Konami, and uh, this was uh, released on the PlayStation uh, One back on September 29th, 1999, and unfortunately never brought to the PlayStation Network. Why? Why, God? Why? Sad face. Because Konami is run by idiots. <laughs> this is a single-player RPG experience. And it's idiots on loan from Sega. Rated S for sad face for <laughs> never coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're you're looking at a serious drop of cash if you want this game now. <laughs> I or paid you could be like, you could be my friend who bought it for six dollars, then gave it to me as a birthday present, and I told him, hey, do you realize this could probably cover your what? rent for a month? And he felt like an idiot. What? Oh yeah. Or you or you or you could be like us and play a bootleg copy of it on a modified PS2. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, Not no, really, I, I, but it works. Yeah, my, my <laughs> well, at the honestly, time. when it comes to this game, yep. I mean, you play it whatever way. way you can get it. Like I said, my, my copy was a birthday present for a guy who didn't know how much it was worth. And then when I told him, he wanted it back, and I said, well, you already gave it to me. It's my birthday present. He felt so dumb afterwards. It was the greatest <laughs> moment ever. As well he should. Mind you, I mean, I played it like Becky did. I played it emulated as well. It was also my first Sweet Coding game. I borrowed mine from a friend. So I've actually never played the copy that, that a... I lent Mike. <laughs> that is yes, a thank game you, Sam. That was serious on. <laughs> Yeah, if you have to pick between Sukoden 1 and 2, go with 2. Oh, yeah. This is definitely a better game in every respect. Except for the price, because, you know, it's only (laughs) going... Except for the price, except I bought them when they're about the same price, so... Yeah, going going used for around 120 to... um, 
200 bucks. And uh, if you want that thing in like, well, actually in like new condition, whatever in the heck that, there's no new ones. Like new condition is like 200 to 250. Woohoo. Sad faces. Yep. So now we're going to talk about this game that. So who wants to go without food yeah, for a month? That you guys will never be able to afford. We're going to tell you why this game is worth going without food for a month. And did you pay for it on the secondary market, Mr. Epps? Yep, 120. So did I. I got mine for about 80. Only 80. That's that's cheap as far as this game goes. Oh, hey, someone someone here has it brand new for $749 on Buy It Now. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Who wants to stick that in the safe and never touch it again? These are the people that just stick stuff on eBay over and over again and never sells. Wow. In any case. <laughs> so why is Suicoden 2 the best Suicoden ever, guys? I'd say the opening theme song at the end of the opening chapter. That alone sells us. This is an amazing game. <laughs> so true. So, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to say it. It's the best Suicoden game. Ooh. Everyone can disagree with me. I think 5 is a pile of crap. I don't really care for 4. Whoa, 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 3 whoa, is whoa, awesome. Whoa. Shut whoa. up, Michael Apps. Let me finish. $1,200. Well, let's, let's, let's just leave 5 alone and just talk five about 2. 5 can go awesome sit in a corner as long as you're and remind yourself them, that it doesn't know what it's doing rank. right. Oh my God. Tactics can go sit in the toilet. <laughs> How about tear crease? Where does that rank? I actually don't mind tear crease. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't have I to go sit in the toilet. That's one that was five. That one four. Over five. I would rather play Tear Christ than five because five did some things that made me really cranky. Um, okay, okay, really quick question. And the only character I liked in five was Hot Anti Silides, so that should tell you something so, right there. So we could in one through five, including taxes for two eighty nine. Hot stuff. Is it worth it? Never yeah. know. Let's try. <laughs> I mean, just think of it. That's, you know, like several newer games at full price that aren't as good. So, there you go. Okay. Yeah. You know, I exaggerate about 5, but, okay, it's not that bad. There's, I would rather play 5 over a lot of other games. It's yeah, just like not four, one of my favorite Suicotans. <laughs> I actually like 4 a lot. Other than that what? stupid ship. How can you like 4? I like 4 a lot. I, I didn't like Eleanor, that 4 duh. party size down the 4 instead of 6. Eleanor, best character in the whole freaking game. I, I Eleanor, this is fun. It's good. I, I Eleanor, <laughs> to get back on yes. track, I personally yes, prefer three. To, I personally we're really selling Shikoden two well. But I yes. can I can say that two is is an excellent game and easily can be the best in the series as well. So there we go. So on, on two, that's what two years after the first one, right? How many years? Two. Yes. Uh, no, three a little years. more than that. Three? Okay. Yeah, yeah, long enough three, for some people or regions. kids to grow up. So why it took Konami a whole year to translate the thing from Japan is anyone's guess. They didn't do a, a very good job. That's that true, but year. there's a freaking freaking lot of text in the game. That's true. There is. And a, a, huge th- a whole freaking lot of text, but a whole freaking lot of ellipses. Because those <laughs> were probably really cheap that day when it was being translated. Cheaper than any of the other characters on the keyboard. And let's not forget poor Jowie. His name got translated so many different times that you questioned what his actual name was and what the proper spelling was. Was it Joey? Jowie? You tell me. Joey, Joey. Joey in the house of Atreides. I felt really bad for his character because of the localization. Some of the stuff that he says, you're just kind of looking going, is that a proper sentence? Okay, I'm sure it is. That's okay. Keep going, game. But and the plot of Coden 
I will, uh, as long as we're ragging on the translation, it's the translation's fault that a lot of the army battles have no music, and when you recruit Annalie, <laughs> she does not sing yeah. anything. Is that correct? Uh. Yeah, she doesn't sing anything in the beginning. It's like, I thought the game crashed when she started singing. It's just, she's sitting there singing. You can't do anything. You can't control anything. It goes on forever, and it's dead silent. <laughs> then you sit there and wonder if your game broke. Exactly. It Whoops. didn't. Konami did. Thanks, Konami. Konami. Having said that, and having said that I like the army battles less here than I do in the other two we're talking about tonight, I've pretty much run out of gripes about this game. Because mm. there's really um, not I, Oh my not god, that intro movie. I, that intro movie. It's beautiful. Oh, it's nice. Plus, what, what? Uh, seriously, Code 2 also has... I love the plot of the story, but one of my favorite aspects of the story is also the villain. The villains, oh. rather, actually. Yes. <laughs> well, there's one who definitely takes the center stage. And I love on. Luca. Luca uh, is one of the greatest RPG villains ever. Not far, just because he goes around me. and Toady says pigs, but because he's a <laughs> character that, to me, he just had so many great creepy qualities. <laughs> when, he, when he advanced, you feel Luca, bad I for him. Yeah. Kill he's evil, and then you, you start feeling bad for him. Yeah. Once you and find out his actual like, story, yeah, you feel, feel bad, bad for him at the same time. He's so horrifyingly strong, too. It's like the battle against... The very first thing you do is pump him full of, like, 300 arrows. And he just walks up like he doesn't feel it. Then you fight a full ba- battle with a full team. And that does nothing. Fight a battle with another full team. <laughs> that does nothing. Fight a third battle with a full team. That does nothing. He walks off, and then you finally kill him in a duel. After he you gets showered with some more arrows. The superhuman. It makes perfect sense. He's totally superhuman. <laughs> But it's one of the coolest fights in the game. As much as, like, it's long, I, I don't know about you guys, but if part of me was just like, yeah, keep going, bastard. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Yeah, it, it's long because you, you probably won't win with the first team or the second. He's that tough. I totally had Nina in Flick's party for that battle. <laughs> I totally <laughs> made them do their cutesy little attack where she hits him with books. I laughed. <laughs> Because because yes. Nina was just so adorable, and she was perfect for that fight. <laughs> I think we failed a couple times on that one before we stacked the deck with powerful characters so we could get through. Yeah, well, and it's not a difficulty fight. is higher than two couldn't one. I think it's a more difficult game overall. Yeah, I it's also a lot more fun of a game with a lot more fun, interesting characters and crazy unite attacks and stuff. Yes. Like, this is a game introduced to the three bald men laser attack, which is the best attack in the game. Yes. <laughs> and I thought the groupies attack was the best attack ever, but I forgot about that one. <laughs> that was a good one. I like the, unite the attacks. performer's attack, even though I only used it a couple times. You know, though, the unite attacks in this game were so much more creative. Like, they were just so funny, some of them. Like they use the kobold attack a lot because we like throwing kobolds at people. Well, yeah, <laughs> getting getting the... strong. Oh, isn't there, <laughs> the, getting the getting boring. Isn't there a, the unite attack between the main character and the sister where one of them is starts like drinking tea in the middle yeah. of it or yeah. something? Yeah. She does yes. that sometimes. Sometimes yes. they'll attack together. Sometimes she'll just have a picnic while you do it. Thanks, Nanami. <laughs> <laughs> that's also like the bow wow attack where you've got you know a kobold riding a dog while carrying a giant bone. Oh uh, yeah, so you get all the dogs. <laughs> they always have the token dog character. Was, I love there's the a dog, dog in one, right? Yes. Okay. I know there's one in two and three. I couldn't remember if one had one. There is one in in Dakota one. I just I I really just don't remember its name. But you find him in the Cobalt Village. Okay. In the first game. That being said, I love Two River. I like Two River because it's the most unique city in the freaking Suicoverse. You have wingers. Yeah. You have puppy dogs. 
why you have these scuzzy humans who are just awful, awful people who treat the winged people badly, and then the winged people are just like, we're going to lift you up and toss you out of the town. That's awesome. Um, well, and if you look you know. around in Two Rivers, you will find pornographic books. Yes, that's right! <laughs> if you go in the store, it's like, you found a pornographic book! <laughs> and it's like, thanks, sweet Coden. <laughs> that was the best day ever when I found that. <laughs> Clearly we have priorities on the place we go in. It was also like whenever you wanted to go into your castle and there was Hayo and he's like, I'm dealing with the mafia, come help me. <laughs> that, that was actually my favorite part of Sweet Coden 2 was doing the subplot with Hayo. It was just awesome. You find out he owes money to the triads and he's running away and he's all like, help me win cooking contests against these awful, awful chefs that I am probably not better than. I mean, did you ever notice that whenever Nanami was a judge, she always would give like ten, like fives or tens to like the worst dishes you'd cook? Yeah, Nanami <laughs> loves weird food. It's like put like salt on ice cream. She'll love it. Or is it something well, she would give it a then. five and everyone else would give it a one, which was never a good sign. <laughs> yeah, if there's a, a food named after her, stay away. <laughs> she was the you know, Paula okay. of judges. She was. She was Paula. We've actually not really talked about the main plot of this. Just talked about we'll side avenues, to, haven't we? We'll get to that. We'll get to that because Sweet Two has so much crap in it. It's so good. Plot it later. Has so much crap in it. It's so good. Well, the main plot is really good too, though. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, oh the main God, plot of game is. Yeah, it's two brothers on opposing sides of a war. There, there's your one sentence. And there's oh, a lot Joey. more to say. I love you. Joey. I love Joey you. Turns, you are the best villain ever. Joey turns yeah. bad for... I don't even know why. Well, it's bad. not That's... even so much that he turns bad. It's just he thinks that he's doing the right thing. He wants to protect uh, his homeland. I mean, no? come on. The main his hero's actually fighting... Yeah, the, keep in mind, the main hero's fighting against the country he grew up in. So, I mean, the, Joey's... Yeah, but that, that country that he grew up in... Got Joey they tried to kill him. Family. They tried to kill him. They set him up. They tried to blame him as a traitor. But he, yep. he owed them nothing. Also, it's complicated, but yeah, there's still some homeland loyalty. Also, the fact that, you know, there's Joey falling in love with the Imperial Princess and all that. Well, you're also missing one bit, guys. There's also the fact that Joey got disowned from his father, and the reason he goes back is because he wants his father's love again. And his father still disowns him. (laughs) He's like, that's not good enough. You marry the princess, so what? (laughs) Like, Joey is in a position where it doesn't matter what he does. He never feels good enough about himself. And it isn't until he kills the king, you know, sets Luca up, that he actually starts to realize that he can be a strong person. He also knows that you as the main character are stronger than him. Because he tells you this throughout the entire game. Even when he says, I will defeat you, you know Jowie's saying, I'm fucking gonna lose. And I use the F word, I'm sorry. But it's true. He knows that he's not gonna win. He knows he has no way of winning. But damn it, he's gonna try. Because he feels that he has people he has to protect. Like Pilica. Uh, like Jack. I don't know. He, he might actually take the hero, given that, that last fight you have with him. His exactly. attacks seem to be a lot more powerful than yours. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah. But looking at it from the characterization aspect. Not the gameplay aspect, because the gameplay aspect does make Joey really overpowered. But you so know what? Some of my absolutely favorite moments in the game. For example, and I'm just going to throw the big spoiler out there. When you go to Matilda to fight, I think it's like Guardo or Guido or whatever the crap the fat yeah, guy's that, name that is. Stupid, that stupid bearded guy who keeps acting like an asshole whenever you do anything like suggest, hey, you know, if you help us, maybe your country won't be completely squashed by Highland. And he, he's and okay with what it. He, he wants do? He's to care. Yeah, Besides so long as he stays in power, what does he care? But in that scene, that moment where, you know, he kills Archers Anani, have flung shots. Yeah. 
you know, that's a moment where you actually see Jowie rise to the occasion. It's not just the main character, because you only have a brief second to either save her or let her die. But Jowie is the one who rises to the occasion in that scene. He's the one that actually has the freak out. And he's the one who chooses to fight. And that, I'm sorry, that just gives him so many bro points right there. Like, not mention, right after that, you can use his hungry friend attack to absolutely maul everything in your past. And it's so badass. <laughs> this is the game of bros. It really is, if you think about it. And I wouldn't like, call it that. It's much more about you know just family as a whole and strong. I mean, bros in the sense of you know the amount of dual bro attacks. Because <laughs> you also have Flick <laughs> and Victor being bros. You have Gen Gen and Gabucha being bros. Everybody is a freaking bro in this game. <laughs> Still, but, I don't really you know, agree with that. No, I, I did not put the squirrels in my party, ex- except when I had to have Muku Muku in there because I don't like squirrels. <laughs> the story is about family. I am, I'm not going to deny that. But the reason I, I make my comment is more just because when you see the two main, the main character and Jowie rising to the occasion, it's a beautiful scene. It's a scene of brotherhood. It's well, the amazing. Also, one of the first that I can remember at a time. JRPGs were. They actually have reasons and backstories of why, they, instead of this guy's evil and you're good, so you must defeat the evil guy. They all have their ulterior motives and reasons why they're the way they are. And not just that, Suikoden 2, you're right, Suikoden 2 is particularly amazing about that because there are motives behind a, a lot of what goes on. When people die in the story, you actually feel sad. Like, when when Colgan and Seed died, I bawled my eyes out the first time I saw that, okay? Because yes, even though they're Highland soldiers, when Seed and Colgan give their final speech about, you know, they know they were on the losing side, but damn it, they were proud to do it anyways you gotta give them some credit there it, it's an awesome scene and they were hard to beat <laughs> me. Like they went down fighting and i threw everything i had at them and they died in one turn eh, shush you <laughs> i had a hard time with it when i played it when i was younger leave me alone but you know what you gotta love even the motives of the highland characters in this story you know seeing colligan backdoor luca how many times in this story because they're giving you information to say okay here's how you can beat luca or jowie's doing this like we don't really want him to can you do something about it um, how many Highland officers go around and like backdoor their leader? I don't know too many to do that. That's been, dude, the guy's name is Seed. You can make so many sexual jokes about his name; it's not even funny. <laughs> I know I did. Wait, when keep I was it a classy, player. Sam. Honey, Sam Mochello, keep it classy. Yeah, that's but, that's I think the main reason I love the the Sigurdin series is that yeah, it's not just good versus evil. It's it's really a game of politics, and everyone has reasons for doing what they're doing, and that's what I prefer in literature. And so I, I really wish more video games had that type of thing too. Yeah, it's like yeah, Final Fantasy gonna... Tactics or Tactics Over with equally bad translations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if the games that did do that had better translations too. Yeah, no. Hey, the only thing I'm going to say about it is translations. <laughs> they did. I was this. This one never got a better translation, sadly. I would just like to say that the plot could be expanded upon further, mostly more scenes with Jowie, Joey, whatever his freaking name is. Because uh, when he marries the princess, Julia. whose name is Jillian, you really think that there would be some interesting conversations they would have, and you don't really see any of those, except at the end when he's apparently fallen in love with her, and she runs off with Pilika to live a new life somewhere. Well, does he love her enough to stay with her, or does he love his old life? That's what that ending's basically saying. And he picked Nanami and Ryu. 
So for like, people listening, I think some might get confused of what we're talking about with some of this. I don't think we explained all of it. Like Jowie and, no. and, the, <laughs> and the hero we get set not. up early on. And uh, they are blamed. Basically, Luca hates the Jowson city-states because uh, they sent someone to attack his caravan when he was younger and they raped his mom. Uh, so he hates them. So he tries to find an excuse to attack Jowston. And he does that by killing one of their own units and blaming it on Jowston. However, Jowie and the main hero escape and see what happens and fall into the water. Then they're picked up by Victor and Flick and, you know, it kind of goes in. And then they're running from the Highland troops from there. And then Jowie goes his own path and Hero goes his own. They each get their own side of uh, that rune. Uh, Jowie kind of gets what's the dark sword rune. Is that what it's called? It's and the then... bright shield and crap. What is that sword called? It's like dark sword rune or something I think like that. It's the dark sword or something like this, that. Because he gets the more evil one. And then Jowie ends it. Uh, it's the other Hero way around, with... honey. We get the shield rune. Okay. Okay. The main character gets a shield and, and Jowie gets the sword. It yeah, is the black awesome. sword rune, you're right. Yeah, Jowie gets a sword, main hero gets a shield. Main hero gets with uh, the mercenaries, Victor and Flick, and kind of do their own little rebellion army against Sword and gets with Jowson while Jowie goes the route with Highlands and gets it in with Luca and tries to become his friend and marries his sister and then arranges to have Luca killed, kind of. And then he uh, is now the leader of the Highland Arts since he married the sister. And that's kind of where we and, were. And you're the leader of the Johnston Army. Right. Because you get that position from the best oh, yeah. character ever who didn't get enough love, Annabelle. And she dies. <laughs> she has a horrible death. Like, I loved her. I loved her relationship with Victor. The scene where they have one their, little, their, drink, their, their little drinking contest. It's really cute. And I kind of wish Ooh, they had developed Drinking that. contest? Um, oh, yes. Oh, yay! Um, really you you summoned Phil. Oh, you but, just you just cast a summon level one Phil spell. Back in the corner, Phil. Oh, wait, wait, the oh, speaking of drinking, who did uh, Flick have to drink the night with to recruit that chick to your party? Who was that? Um, oh. In the first game, that was the... I think she was the person who was skilled at for, the forger or something. Was she? I think she was. First game, yeah, but you have to do forge it again. Yeah, but you do it again in Speed Code in 2. Yeah, because... Ah, I can't remember that the, one. Flick's the little man whore. Yeah, he is a little man whore in the second game. He's pretty bad for it. I can't remember, but I do remember that Victor has way too many girlfriends in the second game because not only does he have <laughs> dead Annabelle, but he also has Leona. And I love Leona. I know she doesn't say a lot, but when she does have her moments, she's so sassy and just, she, I love her. She's she's awesome. Um, And then there's Daisy. Speaking of which, man, Victor gets the best moment in Sweet Code into when he has to fight Necklord. I love fighting Necklord in the second game because he's the best music ever. Hey, Star Dragon Sword has a lot more lines in the second game. Star Dragon Sword, asshole, and I love him. <laughs> is it a him? I call it a him. It's a sword. It's well, it's, it is phallic. So it is him. It is a sword. <laughs> I'm just saying, I I love, you know, when Necklord's like, by the way, here's your dead girlfriend, Daisy, and then the head falls off. And Victor's just kind of like, yeah, it's my dead girlfriend, Daisy. <laughs> I guess I'm going to kill you now. And Star Dragon Sword's like, well, Victor, she chops her head off, but... Oh, yeah, that doesn't matter. It's a head falling off. He gets upset. And then he's all like, I gotta kill you, because he's a big cuddly bear. <laughs> but yeah. Necklor, in the first game, he's all like, by the way, I stole your girlfriend, Hicks. Also, Warrior's Village, you're lame. In the second game, he's all like... I'm making zombies. I, I make zombies and make people feel bad. And Excellent is, is kind of lame actually in the second game now that I think about it. 
Yeah, Necklord thinks like the, his chapter in the second game is also where he can get some of the crazy bad endings or near bad endings. Oh, yes. And such. Yes, the slightly misplaced instance where Nanami more or less tells you, you know, what would happen if we just ran away and let them figure it out on their own? And you take her up on it? Let's run away! And what do you, you know? You, you, you get to watch tons of civilians in the towns you're running away from die as Necklord's ghouls and zombies rise up and tear them to shreds. And you just keep running away, and when you come back later, unless, you keep, unless you're stubborn and actually do get the band ending, they're all right again! Yay! Well, except, you know, one party member has been, you know, permanently killed and replaced by his identical-looking son, which is a little random. <laughs> I never had that happen. <laughs> I never had Boris appear. I, I never got him. I always wanted to get him just out of curiosity because isn't he supposed to be like an English Springer Spaniel? He's got the fluffy ears. That's all I remember. I this this we code him puppies are awesome. Kabucha. I had a big love affair with Gengen. I'm sorry. He was in my party Gengen for a while. <laughs> Gengen, good dog. Gengen, fight for you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gengen. I, I know it's so stupid to like Gengen, but I do. Especially like in the first bit of the game where he's like, I leader, you all subordinates. And he's all like proud of himself as he's walking to the village and he's like, I don't remember what we're supposed to get at the village. <laughs> so you tell them everything you need. He's like, There, we succeeded our mission. It's like, You're the dumbest dog ever. I love you. Come here. <laughs> I will scratch you behind the ears. <laughs> but Spikoden 2 has just so many awesome story moments. And, you know, for all of its really sad crap that happens, there's some really good lighthearted moments, too. Um, like, can anyone think of some other moments in the game that were just really fun or really meaningful? I mean, I could give you a million, I can, but I don't want to do all the talking. <laughs> I can think of some depressing ones, like the scene if you, you know, uh, right. Um, uh, trying to wake up Sierra and Sierra doesn't believe you, so you have to fight her. That, that does, oh, that's yeah. more Sierra is just hilarious baffling. as a whole. Sierra's just um, me. Luca Blight oh. chopping somebody's head off. I remember that vividly. Does, does anyone Blight remember? almost killing Pilika. Does anyone remember? It actually remember? looked like he was going to do it. Ah, this is fashionable ochre pants. None of you will remember that, but that's okay. I love Jess. He was so useless. And then he got forced to deal with Lily, and he was Lily's caretaker, and she told him, your pants are ugly. And he cried. I love Lily. Lily as a whole is just crazy. I love Lily. Like, Lily's great. She's, she's such a horrible person. But it's not her we'll learn more about oil. that in the next game. Yeah, that's more for the next. Also, does anyone remember Hicks's Grand Adventure? Because that was one of my favorite recruitments. Uh, I oh yeah, the forever. unicorn quest. <laughs> Which quest? And also getting Hicks and Tengar to join you again. Oh, yeah. Come on, it was the funniest thing ever. Go find the red bell. It's in the sewer. I don't <laughs> oh, know why God. she needs this red bell. And then you see like Tengar <laughs> talking to the the elder, and then she's like, "Oh wait, I'm supposed to be in bed right now." And Hicks is like, "Oh sweetie, I have the red bell." <laughs> and like, yes, I do amazing. remember this now. She's just so oh, excited. That quest was amazing. I I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I am a Darth Hicks fan. Always have been. <laughs> always will be because he is just dumb as a sack of bricks. I still use Tengar more. Who would you, you pick? Awesome. Oh yes, that that was a really was good hard. choice in the game. It was well, a bad uh, choice. Well, I wanted both. I know, but you know, if you took Kazumi, you got access to the ninja village early, so you could get also, all of the ninjas early. On the also, other hand, Kasumi. Valeria, Falcon Rune, which is yeah, and Falcon Rune plus her Anita combination with Anita and such. Yes. Also, things awesome. like Kasumi. On the other hand, if you bring her, you get this really emotionally gripping scene when you meet the old hero from the previous game, and this is kind of sad moment between them because she used to be in love with him and all of that, and she just runs out crying, kind of touching and sad. 
you just want to give her a big hug because it's like it's okay, girlfriend. Just like I said, even just the small moments in this game, they're still really good. Were you happy that the yeah, almost, pretty much anything having to do with Nina counts as vaguely silly? Yep, that's true. Um, I also loved yeah. Stallion. I couldn't figure out why Stallion kept running in the same square the whole time. <laughs> what was up with that? Training, it's a version of exercise. The best part was if you walked in front of where Stallion was exercising, he would still push you along the screen. <laughs> I don't know why that was never fixed. I remember learning that occasionally Vicky will misfire with her teleports, and that will take you into the secret room in the town with lots of good stuff yep. in it that you can't get it any other way. Also, Vicky will occasionally misfire with her spells in battle, which is kind of bad when you're fighting Luca Black. <laughs> well, <that> yeah. <laughs> Though her teleport spell is kind of funny when she just drops a whole bunch of chairs out of the sky onto the enemies. Or, or am I thinking of the third game? I'm thinking of the, she dropped a whole bunch of wash tubs and basins in the second game. It was still a goofy or spell. Or occasionally giant octopi, which is kind of random. That one I never saw. Okay, that was a set of bad choices. You remember when you have to pick between all the animal characters, and pretty much if you chose the octopus, you would basically lose out on getting a star? Because he'd be all like, I want my wife to join. I, I did that once, and I was like, that was the dumbest choice I ever made, because those octopus were really useless. At they least up two yeah. spots in battle. That's, they don't make up for it. At least the griffin was useful, and at least the unicorn was a pervert. <laughs> yeah, the unicorn had a chunk of rune. Well, exactly. The rune was useful. The unicorn's still a pervert. <laughs> I need a maiden. Uh, yeah, someone else go be the maiden for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we could the unicorn. Well, who, who did you put as the maid in there? Because you could actually have a bunch of different options. I know when I did Tengar, she basically tells the unicorn off. <laughs> I've heard that it's very hilarious if you bring Sierra to that one, but I've never seen it I, I've never done Sierra. I've done Nanami and I've done Tengar. And Nanami just like, oh, it's a unicorn. It's so cute. Oh, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, she kind of has a moment where she has to think about it. Whereas Tengar's just like, yeah, I'm not doing what you want to do. Can you please do it so the unicorn will be nice to us? Okay. And then Hicks is like, yay, wife, you're so good. <laughs> That's why it's worth it to bring both of them to that event. Because <laughs> Hicks says something stupid and Tengar doesn't want to deal with the pervy unicorn. <laughs> but I think you could also bring Nina to that too, which I, I want to actually test that at some point. Because I've heard the, I uh, I it's pretty hilarious. I don't remember. I, I think we might have actually taken Sierra for the lulls, but I don't remember how it, how it went down. <laughs> Also, speaking of like funny awkwardness, since we go into the bath scenes, how, I don't know how many of you did all the bath scenes, but some of them are absolutely amazing. Like when Victor and Flick teach the hero how to score. Yeah, that was one of my we did that one. <laughs> it's like so. This is what you need to do to get into the girls, you know, stuff. And Flicker, uh, Flicker, Victor, just. Yeah, what do I have on the brain, right? You know, he just says everything so matter-of-factly. And then if you do the the Nina and Nanami one, because, you know, throughout the game, Nanami is supposedly Nina's competition for Flick. Who knew, right? Um, You see, like, this 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 cattiness in the bathtub, and it's so funny, because Nina's just like, you know he likes me better, right? And Nanami's like, who likes you better? She doesn't even know what she's talking about. Like I said, some of those were just amazing. I also like, remember the... Random one if you bring Long Chan Chan's pupil into the bath and just they just start doing martial arts exercises and oh, off the side. Yes, that's right, Wakaba. I remember that one. That was a good one. Vicky destroys the bath if you take her. <laughs> it's like a random that will happen. 
course. She'll be like, oops, it doesn't work. Especially if you put like a bunch of peeing boys in. <laughs> I don't know why that was relevant, but yeah. So, Suicoden 2, best game ever, right there. It has peeing boy statues, pervy unicorns, and Luca Blight. <laughs> All winners! Bro power and, most importantly, drinking stuff. Yes. Well, the, the duels are pretty much the same, but the army fights are very different in Suicoden 2, and we didn't mention them at all. Well, yeah, yeah the army fights are like much more... Sorry, go ahead. More fire spears. <laughs> yeah, well, fire army spears. battles in this one are basically just more of a traditional tactical RPG, or just actually more tactical strategy kind of game, just grid, build up small groups of three characters who have different effects to your party, just have them fight each other out. Not the whole giant army fighting each other from the first game. It's it moves that. very slowly, I thought. Yeah. The the slowly. Infantry move, units can only move one square a turn. That That's a, a pace killer if ever there was one. Yeah. And they're not even all that hard if you're collecting stars. There's like one good fight in the game, and that's fighting Uber because Uber is always a pain. Uber's uh, a tool. I have more to say about him soon, but he's the, he is the one who summons the undead zombie dragon to dog your path, and it has so many hit points that it's a tough fight. I like you. In two was so pointless because it was basically so that has Megra guy. I gotta find him. Where is he? Oh, I guess I'm totally working for the Highlanders too. I totally just remembered that part. We all know oh, that the most pointless character. I guess I'll go away now. Yeah, the most Sam, pointless character. Because oh? you're you're familiar with the Suiko fandom. Why are they so Uber and Pesmark? Um, just because they wear the same helmet. That that's all I know. Okay. It just has to do with the helmet and the fact and that it, they're super mysterious. Yeah, you don't know anything about it. They wear the same helmet. Hold on. <laughs> but then other, the fandom basically. switched because once it got to three, everybody was pairing Albert and Uber, which is a pairing I do not support because Albert is too hot for that guy. <laughs> But we will get into my obsession yeah. with Albert later. That being said, the best character in the army battles was Sazerai, because he was the most pointless character of the bunch, and I'm pretty sure he could fit a small child in his hat. That hat Hi, I'm here. Luke doesn't like me. Luke, Luke is going to remove me after I've been here less than one turn. Okay, that's it. I'm gone now. You'll never hear from me again in this game. Yeah, that's why he's always that, Yeah, it's like he's just one big... It's like, this is one big, this will be important to the next game. And that's better. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, like I said, this moment was perfectly pointless. And then Luke basically goes, it's my brother. And you're just like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, we really don't care that much, do we? Yeah, I think you mentioned almost missed that scene originally, too. If you have, it, you, it only appears if, if you actually have Luke. And so for some people, if Luke dies before then, you just won't get that scene at all. And I've had that I'll happen before. It. Luke liked to die on me a lot. Oh, yeah. So I'd have to restart battles. Um, but most of the time, he will say it. Like, he will basically say that he hints that Sazerai is his brother clone thing. Um, yeah. He makes a couple thing. hints at it. And then you're just kind of like, who's the guy with the ugly hat and can I beat him up now? And then you do. And then you're just like, yay, pointless guy with a hat is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then you move on with your life. <laughs> See, I make Sweet Code in two up as I go along, clearly. <laughs> well, maybe we should move on before you make up too much more. About... Actually, there's one mechanic of the series that I think we should mention here, which is the, the magic system is not what you find in most other games nowadays, right? That's true. Yeah, it's your quick runes. And you use charges instead of magic points. Yeah, that's the more it's more of the classical D and D Vancian style. You've got yeah. so many uses of per le spell level, and each rune has its own one spell for each spell levels and all that. It, it is classical D and D stuff, but you don't see that very much nowadays. Yeah, ever since Final Fantasy Bandit, it's been totally in my age, sort of circular. 
and because of the the mix and match runes in the later games, you can really pick and choose what kind of magic you want your characters to have. And that's all I had to say. But we hadn't mentioned it, so well, I had to do it. I'm actually playing a game right now that has that same old D and D style magic system. Does it start with E, end with E, and play on your PSP? That is correct. Okay. You will have a chance to talk about that soon, because if we derail this thing any further, we're going to take even longer than we've already taken. That's yeah, true. Right. That's <laughs> right, and we still have like three hours of Vita talk, you know, to still go through, so let's hey, not hey, get hey. too far behind. Okay. No Vita time. Vita time. We got in three time. You know what? We can have some Yay. so we could in three time after we have some Yay. break time to listen to some music time. So we'll be right back after a little time. Returned, and we are ready to talk about Suikoden 3, developed and published by Konami. This, uh, <laughs> the engine was render rare. Who comes up with this stuff? This is a single player RPG experience for your PlayStation 2 gaming platform. It was released in North America on December 22nd, 2002, and one beautiful round DVD. Let's just say that of the three games we're talking about, this one has the best translation. Agreed? Yeah. 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 It's also my favorite. And it's my gosh, summing this one up is a chore. Hard. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Trinity system. Three different plot lines. Nope. Well, there are well, like three four and main five characters. Kind of. We could start with the three main characters. Um, this game is set sort of in a um, frontierish area. Um, and grasslands. You, yep, grasslands. Um, the we've got the area of the Sexton Federation on the side there. Yeah, the, there's the Sexton Federation, which is sort of yield and medieval kingdomy republicy thing. Um, and Chris, one of the main characters, is a female knight who has risen to power and respectability um, based on um, her. She was trying to follow in her father's footsteps. He was a big hero who died. And she's um, fairly recently taken command of the knights. Yes, she's fairly recently taken command. And their last commanders died. ended up dead. Yeah, Allegedly she's died. Well, yeah, we know <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> Try to keep it simple. Yeah, and so she's sort of learning what it is to be a leader and in charge, sort of testing her power. Um, then there is Hugo, who is um, a tribesman on the, in the grasslands, um, the sort of Native American tribes type people, um, who happens to have a best buddy who is a griffin. And a friend who is a duck. Who is also the duck. His, his griffin Sergeant. is named Fubar, and I don't yes. think Fubar has a brother named Snafu, although that would work really well. <laughs> Fubar! 
Fubar is awesome. We kind of never Hugo understood Fubar's name. Yeah, Hugo's he, he goes, he goes, eh, he's okay. And then the third character is this mysterious um, dude named Jeddo, um, who at the beginning of the game, mostly all you know about him is he's a mercenary who uses ellipses a lot, and he's got the awesomest band of crazy mercenaries ever. He does. And he's Becky's he's favorite. Jeddo? I actually, yes. well, I played Chris. I, I chose Chris when you come to choose between the three. But um, Kyle chose Jeddo, so I got to see both sides. I have like Hugo Jeddo. myself. I'll tell you that Hugo as well, since the other two already had their runes or whatever. I yeah, Hugo's on natural success or something. I did Ghetto, Jeddo, whatever his name, however you pronounce it first. And I've been trying to do Chris, and then I had a rough day, so I didn't quite finish hers. I should also mention that uh, Hugo's mother is Lucia, who if you who you'll remember from Sweet Code and Two because you had to wail the crap out of her about six times before it was over. Well, she, she did, did try to assassinate. <laughs> yeah, that was just the beginning, though. Anyway. She kept coming. Yeah, and like, she kept bringing these really powerful soldiers with her, who were all of the clan of which Hugo was born to. Yep, you know, she's the chief now, and thus and, you know and, that she means business. Luca, or yeah, I guess that's how you say her name. Is it Lucia? Sorry, is that how we say her name? Lucia. 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 That's right. Sorry. Yeah. I freaking loved her, but I don't know how she spawned Hugo. I really don't, because he's dumb as a stick. Like <laughs> I thought Lulu was dumb as a stick, but Hugo also proves to be dumb as a stick. I'm sorry, I, I Chrissy. Would, I know you like Hugo. <laughs> I would like to say right now that when Lulu died, I laughed because Lulu falls down in slow motion, and only his abdomen bounces back up while his limbs just fly flat on the ground, and it looks so unnatural that I had to laugh at it, which kind of removes the gravity of the moment. You know, Hugo's friend I, I didn't really get best friend is dead and i'm laughing at it i'm a callous jerk yeah so these these characters worlds collide when um the uh native people are um, fighting against the zexen that are trying to annex them um and um hugo's friend lulu decides he's gonna try to take out the big lady on the horse and she with her in soldier's instincts sees somebody coming at her and strikes him down and then discovers that she has killed a child and that's not good. And so, of course, Hugo swears eternal vengeance against her. And this comes after an attempted peace treaty where everybody thought we were going to stitch together a lasting agreement. And, uh-oh, somebody who looks remarkably like Chris was spotted fighting the Lizard Clan. And a whole lot of Grasslanders look like they attacked the Zexan Federation's peace delegation. What the hell's going on? Well, oh, yeah. There seems to be some... a mysterious group of people that are setting things alight. And there's some mysterious operations of the Holy Empire of Harmonia, kind of behind the scenes. I'll say myself that I kind of think the whole background justification for these conflicts, the influence of the masked bishop, who is revealed to be Luke, is actually kind of bad overall. I really don't like them them as villains or their machinations, but I love the main conflict of the Zexton and the Grasslands and the main Harmonian Empire's invasion. It's just that... Nathan, think about it, though. Everyone who's played the previous games, they look at the masked bishop and they all know who it is because mm-hmm. the game doesn't do a very good job of masking who it actually is. Especially well, when you're fighting and you know, blast it down with wind. True wind at you. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, sweet code in three, you should have tried a little harder on that. By the way, Sarah, can you please stop fawning at him and dusting him off? <laughs> oh, Sarah, I hate it. But there was the holy shit, I'm fighting Luke, Luke's bad guy factor. Was yeah, like, exactly. the, I, Luke was an interesting villain. Just what he did and the, the actions he took were kind of lame overall. I just didn't like the, how they tried to justify him as being the manipulator behind the scenes. It's really awkward and poorly done. Well, I, I, I really, really like the real, the real manipulator of the bunch was Albert. There's no denying it was Albert. <laughs> 
think about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I know Albert was time, the manipulator. His he was the master manipulator. He was the guy who was saying, you know, if you do this, we can gain territory this way. Albert was so much like Leon in the sense that, you know, just the amount of calculation and the amount of just involvement that he has in things. It's funny because when Albert appears, he's just a hot redhead in a coat who doesn't really say much. And when he does, he's usually telling you, hey, yeah, strategist, you got a team Caesar? He's kind of a nimrod. You might want to get rid of him because I'm better. And Caesar would sit there and throw a little hissy fit like a little girl. And well, those Albert moments were so better perfect. than Caesar. <laughs> but, you know, Albert, like, for the you most see part... Him standing there, Caesar is pretty short, so you got to wonder if he, how old he is. She's <laughs> pretty young, really. Yeah, I think he's like 16. He's only 16, and he's being trained by Apple. Do we all trust Apple to teach him anything when Apple proved in the previous two games that she was not a very good strategist? Yeah, I mean, okay. uh, that's a quick story I meant to tell at the beginning of Swicked in, in Two's talk, and I failed to, but the thing about Swicked in Two is that when Apple first showed up, it's like, oh, I was a big person involved in Last War. It's like, who are you? I never saw you. She's such an yeah, her, her whole personality person. trait in the first game was, I I love whatever your strategist was in the first game. Was it Matthew? Master it was Matthew. Yeah, Matthew. Master Matthew. That, that was her entire personality trait. I love you so much that I'm going to tag along wherever you go. And she never did anything else. Well, and then you have in Speak Odin 2, she's like, oh, hey, there's Shu, that guy I used to, you know, have a big crush on, but he was kind of mean to me sometimes. And we didn't talk about Shu. Shu's a babe. That's all you need to know about him. Back to Albert. <laughs> Albert is 10 times more the babe than Shu is. We're not talking about Albert the whole time. <laughs> he better than so this game, how many years was this after Suicide 2? Was it 15, 15, 15. 20? Yeah, there's okay. a whole 15. lot of characters who are descendants of the previous group who are like all like 14 or 15-year-olds. Hey, Futch got butch in this game. Yes, he did. <laughs> He's now William Humphrey's sword. <laughs> I mean, and I guess who's got the Star Dragon sword now? It's... Who has the Star Dragon sword again? I don't remember now. Wouldn't it? It's a guy named Edge. Edge. Right. Edge. Yeah. Edge. Edge. Oh, yeah. Edge was lame. Beat him, in a, beat him in a duel, he joins you. Yeah, he's kind of lame as a character, but he, he holds his own in a fight, so I'm, I'm willing to forgive him a little bit. Yeah, but it's like, if all feels he has to start Dragon Sword, and that thing's attack power is the same. Yeah. And, and then, uh, Uber's back. And Uber yeah. looks like he was totally out of somebody's Uber. jazz fest. He looks no, like Uber. he should be doing jazz hands. No, Uber looks like an undertaker to me. Let me just throw it out there. I hate Uber. I think Uber's a stupid character. All he does is, I'm grumbly and mean and I kill everybody. I Not like chaos. That's his motivation. He's after chaos. Yep. Like, it makes Luke's party look really dumb when it's basically, I'm Luke and I'm mad at everybody, especially that Lechnot bitch. Then it's, I'm Sarah. I will do whatever Luke says because I don't have backbone. Then it's Uber who's like, I like chaos and I like killing people and tee killing people. And then you have Albert going, why the hell am I here? Yeah, I, as I said, that whole group and their story is really kind of the worst part of this game. A lot of other story modes in this game are actually quite good and interesting, but... I will say one thing in their favor, this. which is that until the late game, you can actually beat them, but yep. I wasn't able to. They they pounded the crap out of me, and it wasn't through having 10,000 hit points more than they should. It was just, they were that good. Their magic well, blew me apart. There was yeah, the... one battle that really, really nasty, and it was the one, I believe I think it was Ghetto's chapter, uh, I'm never going to say it name right. Uh, Ghetto's chapter where uh, you go to Liberoque, which is the, the flying bug village, and you have to fight Luke and Sarah. And Sarah I won that. I won that one as well, but I remember being near death in that one because Sarah would just use the same attack 
over and over. And it wasn't Luke even doing damage in the fight for me for that one. It was always Sarah. Sarah is I, actually really challenging. Yeah. I mostly cool. remember it's being killed in one shot by Luke using the True Wind rune or the Pale like, Gate rune that it's carried over yeah. from the previous games or something. Yeah, he, he, he's That's got this, cool. nasty, this nasty, nasty attack that not only whips you, rips you apart, but it heals his team too. Yeah, and, that's, and of course that's he a, uses it on you. Uh, things like still, like he carries over his runes from the previous game when you actually fight him, which is kind of a cool touch. Uh, yeah, uh, like this game transfers data for Sukuna two, and that's one of the things that can carry over is how Ru- how Luke is going to kill you. Pretty much. I actually started Sukuna three before I played either the other two because I bought it. <laughs> and I lived in the states and then moved here, and my husband had the other two. Uh, I did two one, and I remember how excited I couldn't wait for three. I bought it the day it came out. The others I just kind of stumbled upon, but three I was anticipating. I got three for Christmas, and I remember staying up till four in the morning a few nights. Like when I got it, my mom going, can you please go to bed? The TV's glaring into our bedroom. And I said, no, I'm not done yet. Uh, for me, Second <laughs> 3 is like, from my big story, I said, this is the game of great tragedy where I accidentally saved over my own save file halfway through, and it just struck <gasps> me all over from the beginning. Oh. oh. Three was my first non-Final Fantasy console RPG, and oh. I was so confused. The manual is terrible, and if you don't know like <laughs> the language of JRPGs beyond the simple stuff in Final Fantasy, it's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, this but I figured a... it out eventually. Switchin' 3 is a lot more complicated than the previous Switchin' games, because they add in so many system elements that are different from the previous ones. The skill upgrading system, the totally new way it tracks time, the fact that position is actually tracked in battle rather than just being abstracted out completely. And it's a lot of cool stuff that you don't see anywhere else that I really liked about this game. I want to give the skill system a big shout-out as this is a good thing. The skill system rocks in this game. Yeah, it really does. It's a, like one thing I really most lament is that Switchin 4 and 5 don't use the skill system. 5 tries using similar, but it's not as good as the skill system. This skill system is really good. I love the skill system. The skill system in 5 system. is poor, by example. There's one character, Emily, who doesn't say a whole lot. You just beat her in an arm wrestling contest if you have people who, have, who top out a certain strength rating and she joins you. But if you max out, I think she's the only character who maxes out enough uh, swing and attack speed stuff with her skills that I've seen her go for seven, eight attacks in one turn. She just rips things apart. She's yeah, a awesome. her a lot. <laughs> and I love how like this game, like all the games have these runes to you imbue your weapons with magical attack power. This is the only one where they're useful because you can use the rune, then go in the same turn because of the way the turns are counted. I just love stuff like that. Well, one other thing I like about this game is with the Trinity system, you have 108 characters, but when you have the three different main characters and you have each have their own three chapters, you actually get to learn and get to know and use a lot more of the characters than he did in the previous games. It really does force you. Yeah. On the other hand, I I think I think we would agree that the combat system has taken a dive from the first two games. Well it's a unity system and that alone makes it bad times. Except for Chris on a horse. The one thing I dislike is the forced pairing of characters. It just doesn't work well. Other than that I love this game's combat system. I think it's a big improvement over the previous games. Well I don't I don't hate it. It works pretty well, but when you compare it to the first two games, it takes a lot longer, and especially your characters, you can't really govern where they're going to go. And if you're about to use an area attack, that's a bad thing. If I want to use that fire spell and my stupid characters wander into the path of it, like happened with that Luke and Sarah fight, where Isla wandered into the middle of the fire spell, uh, I think it was Joker was casting. Oops, she's dead. 
Sorry, Isla, maybe you shouldn't have been stupid that way. Yeah, Fire Trails are a little hurt True. by that, but at the same time, the game is kind of oddly forgiving because the characters actually jump out of the way of your incoming fire spells automatically. They're smart enough to you know, get out of sometimes, the way of Sometimes, sometimes. That was yeah. not always true. If you have I don't know how many times. Chance, use precision skill and improves it, so it's not, there's ways to make it better. I'm just saying, you don't know how especially many Especially if you want to use Kindness Rain. Kindness Rain now affects an area, and if you've got some idiot who's standing off on the side... Sorry, I'm not going to heal you because you're not in the area. On the other hand, lightning spells don't worry about areas that are insanely broken. They were Ghetto's broken. True, li- true lightning rune is the most broken thing in any video game ever, I swear. And then this is talking about a series where in the previous game you had 100% reliable instant death. I think Ghetto can beat that. <laughs> well, one thing in this game I liked less was uh, no overhead map. You kind of go into the little rails like you do in other PS2 games at the time where you kind of jump from place to location to location and you don't you know, travel. Yeah, that is and, a pain. And it takes a while to run through them. Yeah. It takes a while to run through them, and also it takes forever to get the teleporting in this game, and then even longer after you get the teports to get the blinking mirror that lets you return back to your base whenever, whenever you want. Well, it's which, this game gave you two Vickies. Yeah, <laughs> this, that's kind of fun part. This game gives you two Vickies, which is kind and of And the silly. younger Vicky is very smart and very mean. <laughs> yeah, like the younger one is the, the mature one, and they're supposed to be the same person, but they're not. This is a game which makes Vicky really, really weird, and it's kind of amusing. Well, I, I like little Vicky. Apparently yeah, in the Sika Guide series, you actually go to Vicky's world and it's really trippy. Yeah, I wish I could play that myself. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we can, but I read I read um, a bunch of sort of synopses of it because I love Nash. Nash is actually my favorite boy in this game. Nash! Yeah, so I what like what Kuroko pees in his shoe. Hmm? <laughs> what order did you guys do the chapters? I think I'm, I'm remembering that Nash is the character who was in Suikoden, Suiko Gaiden, right? He yes. was, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I've seen that's theories sorry, that he married Sierra for her, that's yeah. worth. Yeah, he may have. He sort, of of refers, he... he sort of refers to her as his old lady, I think. I think that's who he's talking about <laughs> yep. in the game. And of course, but he yeah. doesn't let that stop him from shamelessly flirting with Chris whenever he gets the chance. Yeah, no one not. believes he's married at any <laughs> given time. Nash is the charming scoundrel. Of course, he's my favorite boy in the game, really. We all know Chris is totally like dating all the boys. All the boys. But that, I mean, <laughs> that I mean, Percival, because Percival, I would date Percival. No. It was, I would date Percival. Yeah, she should no, date Percival. Percival was in love with, with what's his name? The blonde. Boris. Boris, yes. See, I think <laughs> Sorry. Boris were, actually, were the actual item, but Percival was just busy being in love with Boris the whole time. Oh, come on now. Percival's the one you could take home to mom. Boris, you can't. <laughs> Boris oh, yeah. is a little lout and a drunk. We all know the best, the best, the best boyfriend for Christmas, Salome. Clearly, <laughs> Captain Square was the best boyfriend. I think okay, Salome that's... needs a different haircut. That's what he needs. Is um... Francis Xavier's not good enough for you. <laughs> no, it is. This is the point where I point out that having Hugo and Chris played Romeo and Juliet in the theater is absolutely hilarious, and I love that that actually got into fucking three manga. Actually. I I had Jean play Juliet in the theater, and at the I don't know if it was just uh, a special time, but at the end of it, the set fell down, and she said, "Ah, stuff happens." Yeah, that's what Chris does. Chris is a terrible actress. Meanwhile, Hugo is actually a really good, straightforward actor. So it's, you got this hilarious contrast between Hugo playing this normal Romeo and Chris completely failing this Juliet, which just, I found it hilarious for some reason. I loved how to play the phantom grandmother in The Little Match Girl. She will not shut up. She'll say, how dare you call me an old hag? What are you talking about? Shut up right now. I did Romeo and Juliet with the dogs. 
Speaking of three, you have and the Chris. best side game, which is a theater, and you get to put the different characters in different roles in the theater. I, this is why it's is my favorite sickening game because it really brings out the personalities of all the characters really well. Um, and the theater is one example of that. You yep. can put all sorts of different characters and all sorts of different permutations in the different plays and just watch hilarity ensue. Yeah, I'm telling it, you, man. There's a reason you should never put Vicky on stage because she'll just go, huh? What, what are you talking about? Where am I? What's going on? Oh, ha! Huh. Occasionally, Vicky will actually... remember a line, and that's the real remarkable part. <laughs> yeah, you know, young Vicky's actually a good actress and does a great little match girl, but the, sure the fans love that one. And I, and I used Augustine for. I thought him playing Milik, Milic would be a good role, and instead he talked over everyone for the entire performance. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I never then, got uh, that. It? My, see, my husband's favorite character in the game was Mel, the little girl with the um, evil puppet. I love her puppet. Yes. So of course he put her in every play. <laughs> which she's crazy. She's crazy and is the evil puppet. Of course my husband loved her. Yeah, Mel's great simply because she's this crazy girl with a hand puppet and she's actually a lifesaver in Thomas's quest considering she's, she can be easily recruited in his quest and so much more powerful than everyone else when you really need a powerful person to get it through. You can get Augustine too, but he's nowhere near Mel at that point. He does help a lot for Thomas though. Chrissy, yeah. quick question. Do you do you remember one of the plays that you did? Did you remember doing the plays at all? Yeah, I used I did Chris a lot because she was hilariously bad. <laughs> she was. Did did you did and you do I the... think Oh and then I, I tried to do Boris and Percy because I thought that would be hilarious. You, you tried to me. do Boris and Percy? <laughs> I tried to have them as Romeo and Juliet. Oh jeez. <laughs> You're talking to the person who just runs around in Sukadin 4 in the ship pretending to make out with people and then throws boxes on everyone in the confessional. Like, I, yeah. This is true. You you were more ridiculous than I was half the time. Yeah, well, and that's why, well, for Sukadin 3, I loved Karuku's chapters and I loved <laughs> Thomas's chapters. Yeah, those were good. I, mean, I did finally so sample Karuku's chapter. I did not like Thomas' chapters for some reason. They annoyed me. I just wanted to go on to the main game. You don't well, have to like Thomas. You have to like Cecile. <laughs> well, and as much as I liked Hugo, like Thomas is probably my favorite. And Thomas and Cecile, because the two of them are just so cute. They are adorable. It's so awesome. I and always wanted awesome. to see another Swicked and set same in the grasslands where Thomas has grown up and can be a proper leader of 108 stars. Because that's his star. He's the one who's supposed to be the leader. He's just too young for it. Mm-hmm. Well, and he gets to be put in a position where, you know, he's got this beautiful property. He doesn't really want to fight. So it's easier to just help you out. Meanwhile, he's got his little palace guard and, and she's trying to threaten everybody with that spear of hers. Meanwhile, her armor looks like it's falling off of her because it's too big. I love Cecile. She was she was one of my favorites in that game because she's just darling. You know that she's yes, incredibly she sincere in everything she does. And that's part of the fun. Like her sincerity is just so cute. You just want to hug her. <laughs> like, oh, you're so cute. You're so protective of Thomas. Meanwhile, Thomas is like, why are you threatening everybody? <laughs> she, she she reminds me of a puppy. Just like a, a growly little puppy. And then she's like, okay, I'm a good girl now. Like, I'm gonna go do my thing. And I, I loved her. She was one of my favorites. <laughs> And, and John, I know you asked a question a while back about who everybody started with. I started, I did all of Chris's chapters first, then I did all of Godot's chapters first, and then I did Hugo. Uh, so and somewhere in there I did Thomas. Somewhere I tried in there to, I, did Thomas. I tried to like break mine up, one of each, chapter one of each, and then chapter two of each. Yeah, that's what I did. I did, I did, I did, I did Godot, chapter one, 
which took me a lot longer than I ever expected because uh, there were several really tough battles that you don't have to win in that part of it, and I figured I'd better grind for a little while. And then I did all of Hugo's chapters in a rush. Then I did Thomas. Then I did Godot's again, and then I did Chris for last. I think I did Hugo, uh, Hugo in a rush. So no, he Hugo had... then Godot then Chris. I see you did them all at once as well, huh? Each one. Uh, yeah, the other I thing I did start. I did chapter one, chapter chapter one with yeah, then Hugo. I think Hugo, Godot, Thomas, Chris, or something. Then well, then I guess that there. begs the question of who was everybody's flame champion? Because I know everybody who thinks that Hugo, yes, he's the most proficient with the fire rune. But since I hated Hugo enough, I told him to go sit in the back seat, and I put Chris in the fire rune position, and she's still just as good. <laughs> yeah, I'll never understand why people complain about that because the reality oh, yeah. is that. Yeah, yes, she's more proficient with water, but her skills I, I with the flame are actually just as good. Uh, it's not I got somebody I mean... screaming at me on the forums about this, and I just kind of told them, dude, you know what? The game lets you pick whoever you want. She's not as good with fire as Gido or Hugo, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it's no, like, like, Chris is terrible with magic no matter what she does. She, exactly. she can't even ever acquire the fourth rune slot until like, the very end of the game. Right? Like, beyond the Not even then. Right. Yeah, there's like, there's a bug where if you keep replaying one of her early strategy battles and actually win it over and over and over, and you're talking many hours doing this, then you can get her to level 99. And only at only at the super high levels will you see a fourth rune slot open up for her. Oh, weird! Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, again, I just saw this trick. I tried to spend all 12 hours or so necessary to do it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter who's good proficiencies. I just I like Hugo simply because you know story wise he's the most natural fit for it. It worked right. Yeah, I like Gado yeah, the I most like as a character, but he didn't seem like he fit as the uh, flame champion just from the story. I did it once as Hugo, and I did it once as Chris, and I, I've never done it as Gado. I hated it as Hugo. I thought Hugo's plot with the flame as the flame champion was just dreadful. I was so bored to tears, whereas at least with Chris's, I was kind of like, you know what? I can appreciate this a little more because Chris is a little bit more badass and is not being a whiny little brat the whole time. She and that more, was my biggest... She has more, she has more sass. Than Hugo. <laughs> I like Hugo the least as a character, but to me, it just made sense the most that he become the flame champion. I guess that's how I saw it. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I can see that. And I think that's a fair thing to say. I think Chris has a pretty good claim on it. Godot has the the weakest of anything. Yeah, he, I don't even re- think he really wants to. No, it involves the entire character shit for him. And he already has his rune, and he was with the original Flame Champion. It should be someone young again. It's, it's, he goes in like the, well, the reincarnation of the last Flame Champion. Sort of. That's the that's Jeddo's big secret. He's actually really, really old, and he's a true rune bearer, <laughs> and has a lightning rune, and has been for a million years. Yeah, that's one thing we haven't mentioned about the true runes, is that in this world there are 27 true runes, and whoever bears them is completely immortal. Well, not they can be killed, I guess, but they won't ever age or such. So it's kind of a big recurring theme across the games. So we can in one, you've got Ted and Joshua and, and such, who are immortal big characters. So yep. in two, you don't see it as much. So in three, though, it's a big part of the plot and really interesting. They really played up quite well. Well, you learned for an example that Godot, one of Godot's best friends was the true water bearer, and you also find out later on that, lo and behold, Chris's that dad. That was Chris's father, mm-hmm. who was yeah. masquerading as Lulu's older brother. I don't know which, how yeah. he pulled that off, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Neither I do I. Either. Well, Lulu I, there's, I buy there's because... Some ran- there's random blonde in that particular family of tribes <laughs> people, <laughs> luckily enough. Yeah, and... 
with Godot, you learn that Luke is all of about 30 at the end, even though he was created solely to hold, to harvest, to hold the true wind rune. And for that, Godot just gets pissed at him and says, you think you've, you think you know enough to judge. You don't know jack crap. Get out of here. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. You don't deserve to try and that's, hold judgment over the race of humanity. Yeah, that's the awesome thing about Jeddos when you choose him as the flame bearer. For most of the game, he's sort of this world-weary character that just kind of, you know, drifts from place to place doing his mercenary thing. But once he once you choose him as the flame bearer, he gets into some situations where he starts to get passionate about what's going on and he starts just kicking ass. It's pretty great. And yeah, I guess... We do it all the time. Luke's whole plot is that he saw into the future and the true ruins will be responsible for the complete destruction of humanity at some point in the future. And to stop that, he's going to try and destroy one of the true runes, his own, the wind rune, in order to eliminate well, the power not. of yeah. the gods that would cause the destruction well, of humanity. Like it. Well, basically, life form too. Well, yeah, yeah there's the whole whiny selfishness part of it. Well, it's, more, it's not really destruction of the world so much as it feels like the world is constantly in battle between order and chaos. He first sees this future in which order will win and everything will be boring and lifeless and colorless and he just doesn't like that so he wants to cause some more chaos by blowing up one of the rooms which will, you know, that's, destroy a continent. That sounds more like what Uber was talking about than Luke. No, that's kind of what Luke, you see the whole vision of the Dharma world and such. You get brought in there and have to fight the Dharma creatures to give tons of experience and such. Okay. I think I snoozed through half of the stuff Luke said because it was just yawn yawn. I'm whiny. By the way, Sazerai, I want your true earth rune. And Sazerai's all like, no, don't take my true rune. I, I honestly didn't care. And then he somehow did Luke. it. Yeah, I, I didn't buy that. But yeah, he did. And then he seizes everybody else's true rune. Too. I'm sorry, like with that hat that probably could put children in it, you think he'd be more badass about the situation, and he's not. He's kind of a wuss. <laughs> Actually, the reason that Sasori is kind of hilarious because his ending is he just wanders off into an existential angst, <laughs> and that's his epilogue. <laughs> Oh, Sazerai is so pathetic. I love him. <laughs> and originally, and, he was and for the final battle, the true Earth character. <laughs> and for the final battle, the true Earth rune is just amazingly useful and cheap, but it is really useful. I yeah, did the final battle the hard talk, way. My final battle group was Chris and all of her boys. I was like, I don't care. I'm taking Chris and her merry band of fools into the final battle. I had a, I had a friend who totally took, I think it was, was it Hugo and Fubar and then all the puppies? I think that was what it was, Chrissy. <laughs> no, it was Chris and all the puppies. Oh, it was Chris and all the puppies, that's right. And I think that was her boyfriend. It was her, it was boyfriend, her boyfriend at the time that did that. The puppies are not very useful, so I, I don't know how that guy managed to do it. <laughs> I know I probably took Hugo loading a lot. He probably had like, Chris at level 99. Probably. I mean, I know I took Hugo in the final battle for me because when you mount, <laughs> mount um, Hugo and Fubar as a pair, they're really freaking powerful. Yeah, I like, love the mount. I feel like pair up mount like combat is yeah. really good in this game. And and yeah. the Futch and Bright, too. The, the dragon he Fuchin got in Sukoden, awesome. too. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it was and with Franz and uh, Ruby, his. Like it was a really clever element that they added because, you know, not only do you get to have an extra slot, like it does take away an extra slot, but you gain extra attack power in the process. So there is a trade-off in, in doing that. And I found and, for me, especially doing Hugo's chapter... you can only give was... one order per pair anyway, might as well be a mounted pair. Exactly, because then you have more control too. Um, but I liked, I really did like that a lot. 
Like, I, as yeah. much as I rag on the battle system for the Unity thing that I'm not a fan of, I like the fact that there was mountain combat. I, I think it was actually an awesome addition. So, yeah, that's really times nice. for spells, mm, it's a mixed yeah, bag there. That is. It adds some more balance, so unlike in the previous games, you can't just walk over everything by spamming the best attack spells all the time, which is my biggest complaint about 1 and 2, that, you know, battles are trivial if you just spam all your level 4 attack spells. 3 removes that, so there's a little more strategy in the game. Although if you take Jean as your support character, she will make your match pull off a lot faster. Yep. Yeah. That's, that was the that's other rough. thing. When you, when you took a support character in battle, I mean, you wanted to make sure you had someone who was going to be useful to you. Like, some of the support abilities were really, really pointless. And then there were some well, that so, were really well, awesome. Some of them are great, but not for battle. Like, discount. Yeah. That's really handy, but not in a fight. No. Yeah, I think I had Jeannie a lot of the time. I, I know I had Jean like, the whole time. I don't think I ever got rid of her. Jeannie, who is wearing, I think, the least amount of clothing in this particular game. <laughs> I don't know. I still think it's because of four. She looked like she five was wearing is... next to nothing. Oh right, it's four. She kept, she kept like pretty much in every, every, every game. She every takes game. It's like, oh come on, people, just put her naked or something. I don't know. Or just put like little stars over her boobs and a little star <laughs> down there. It should be fine, well, right? Like all she's gonna do is laugh at it. Uh, oh, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, there is an awesome moment in Speed Code in Three where Jean flirts with Hugo. It's like one of the little random specialty scenes that you can get. And I love Hugo's reaction. Like he, he looks like he's gonna pee his pants because <laughs> he's yeah, just so were, freaked out by her. I saw that one. He's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like actually, some of the the hidden scenes in this game are just really great. Um, I love, and we didn't talk about him in the second game. Uh, I loved Richmond in the second game, the detective. But I mm. equally loved. Oh yeah, the, the, the Bogart guy. <laughs> yeah, Kid is a nasty little piece of work, and I love him. I love some of the dirty gets because it's the most pointless information like if you ask him about Kuroku he'll say Kuroku really hates Nash in fact I'm pretty sure I've caught Kuroku peeing in Nash's shoes quite a number of times like not useful information but still pretty funny memorable yeah Richmond did some random stuff like like if you investigate the dog he'll complain like why are you sitting to investigate the dog and that's his report it's like he's just complaining yep. about the kid actually takes everything seriously like he, he, like, he treats every single thing you give him like it's the most important task in the entire operation of the army and you get hilarious results from it. whereas yeah, kid I'm is like sure I investigated everyone I did too whereas like I think kid is supposed to be detective Conan <laughs> yep because he was totally always on the case meanwhile like i said he gives you some of the most pointless information um yeah, i'm pretty uh, sure some of the stuff actually, he gets Hugo. i'm pretty sure kid actually tells you um that that Nash is married to sierra yeah you also if you investigate kid he will actually give you personal information about himself he won't just say why are you investigating me he'll say <laughs> i was born in this town this is my <laughs> town like he'll tell you everything. He's a chatty little thing. I always liked him a lot. He'll um, take your money for doing something that that shouldn't have taken him any time whatsoever to investigate. <laughs> but you know what? Like you gotta love Sweet Code and Three's characters. Some of them were just amazing. Like just in terms of like hilarious factor. Like Mel. Like Becky brought up Mel. Mel's a great example. I love her partner in crime, Bell. Where if you get yeah. special scenes with those two, my goodness, they are so bad for each other. They are bad romance right there. Um, but they are so cute. And they're always getting into trouble. And they're always talking about the boys they like or, you know, what they should be doing. And then the puppet's always telling them, you're too young to be liking boys. 
and it's really cute. And I, yeah, Belle I has Belle. a robot, whereas Mel has the evil puppet. Well, you find the out that Belle... her mom Egghead in Sweet Coden too. Yeah, yeah. That, that was one of my favorite reveals. Is you find out that Gadget Z is the original Gadget from you know Sweet Coden two, and that Belle is Meg's daughter. Meg is. I don't think I've ever told everybody this, but Meg is my actual favorite Sweet Coden character of all time. I've actually dressed up as Meg, and I have dressed up as Annabelle. <laughs> I have, like, that's how much I love this series. But Meg in particular holds a special place in my heart, just because she's one of those characters like I identified a lot with, just because she's really cute and really quirky, little sassy. And I was always like, you're just so cute. And then I met Belle, and I was like, you're the cutest thing known to man outside of Cecile. It disturbs me a little that, you know, Meg is he's one of the youngest characters in Circuit 2, and so and she, has, she a has a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Well, come on. It, like I said about Butch Futch, it's just, it's 15 years. You have to put your brain in that. And it's still very hard to do that at times. <laughs> when you see Sharon some of the is the daughter of Milia from the first yep. game. And yep. Yep. honestly, I don't remember much about Milia, but Sharon. Lily's all, Lily's all grown up and a big brat. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lily in Sweet Garden 3. I love her Apparently, in the game. I love her more. She's great. Third. I love Lily I too. I just wish we could have seen more stuff between Lily and Chris in the actual yeah. game, considering, <laughs> according to lots of stuff like the investigations, experience material, they're probably best friends with hilarious scenes when they first met. Actually, in the manga, there's a scene where they first met, which is pretty darn hilarious, in which Lily just asks Chris to dance with her, kind of accusing Chris of being too go- too manly, and they get into a big hissy fit, which tables are thrown and it's hilarious yep yeah the 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 scene in which the tables were thrown is one of the things that comes up in one of the investigations i think so good just throwing that out there i would like to say as part of the main plot that having godot and his team face off against a seemingly infinite army of things that luke has summoned to fight them only to be rescued by duke and his crew who are apparently able to handle an infinite army better than godot is maybe a little unrealistic (laughs) Considering Duke has two fewer people than Godot's team does. And, Dude, you know, one of them has a mechanical arm. Armor. Like, clearly, that makes her more badass than everybody else. <laughs> wasn't it? Obvious, it was a lane, yeah. wasn't especially it? When, especially yeah, when she's lane. mainly a mage. Or at least the yeah, best I, mage I among Duke's team. You know what? I liked her relationship with Queen, though. Every time those two would get into a cat fight, I was pulling out the popcorn. It was always really funny. And usually because all Elaine would come out and say is, like, my boobs are bigger than your boobs. Where's your boobs? Like, most of the comments were about her breast size. Meanwhile, Queen's just like, I don't need to talk about my breast size to know that I'm better than you. And then they get into their cat fights. And I, I used to love that. I thought that was brilliant. And, yeah, like, Queen is in terms of, for all weather, while Elaine apparently likes to let it all hang out there. You know, I really love on Godot's team, like, my favorite character was Jacques. Oh I yeah, everybody him. loves Jacques. And I also thought he and Isla were really, really cute together. Because mm-hmm. they share soda, and they're all like, I- I'm going to protect you. And Isla's like, I don't need protection. He's like, but I'm going to protect you anyways, okay? <laughs> and she's just like, I don't need your protection. <laughs> Isla really being the grasslands girl who Godot's team picks up, and she sticks with him for the rest of the game. Yep. I-, I just thought their relationship was really cute. And you, and you kind of knew that there was something between them, and it was, I, I just yeah. thought they were just so cute. Yeah. Jacques is probably my favorite character ever who speaks mostly in ellipses because they actually <laughs> he doesn't do even speak many of those. He doesn't speak very much at all. Yeah, but when he does, it's great. <laughs> he sort of also, reminds me of my husband that way. <laughs> I also love Ace. Ace doesn't get enough love either. Oh, I love Ace. Poor guy. The whole team is great. Yeah. I, honestly, they make Godot interesting. If you just had him by himself, I don't think he would have the same amount of impact like without his team. No. Um, 
And dude, Godot and Queen, I'm sorry, there's something totally going on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's it's yummy and I want that to see would, more that of that. Would, that. I believe that pairing has spawned the second largest number of fanfics after Chris and her boys. <laughs> yeah, and it's not Chris and one boy, it's Chris and all the boys. I know. Does that include and some Lewis of the boys with Louis? each other. Yes, <laughs> and it then includes the... Lewis. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh my boy. goodness, Lewis. I love Lewis. When Lewis gets drunk, that's like one of the best scenes ever. <laughs> It's like, what were you doing? I had some alcohol. Why were you drinking it? Because no one told me not to. And by that, I mean Boris gave it to me. You squealed on <laughs> Boris. <laughs> I love Lewis. I love all the characters in this game. This is a problem. I, I don't really hate anybody other than Luke's team, except for Albert. <laughs> He's perfect. And it's okay, okay. you hate Luke's team because they're kind of the bad guys. But they're lame bad guys. Yeah, they're Other than help. <laughs> okay, Martha. Is Martha cool? <laughs> yes, because she's a grumpy old lady who sells you lottery <laughs> tickets. And when you lose, she tells you how lame you are. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like her. I thought she was pretty funny. I also loved Sebastian, but that was more because he was a cute, cuddly teddy bear. <laughs> how about Juan? Juan was lazy and basically slept time and apparently taught you martial arts, even though, again, he was napping all time. Well, apparently a lot, a lot of people actually used him on their main team because they you'd give him um, he, he would start the battle asleep. And then once he woke up, he was badass. But if you gave him an awakening rune, he would start the battle awake and be a badass the whole time. And his stats were really good. So people would just give him I an never, awakening I never, rune. That's awesome. I, I heard have. about people doing that. I didn't do it myself. I think Kyle might have done that in his playthrough. Okay, what are people's feelings on Fred? <laughs> I loved Fred. Um, Fred is driven and thus does not see anything to the side. Not the most the hilarious of the Maximilian Knights. He's kind of most boring of Maximilian no. Knights. He's, he's not as awesome as Max, but I thought his relationship <laughs> with Rico was really cute because Rico would just follow him anywhere he went, even if he was going completely Please, in Master the wrong Fred, direction. slow down. I haven't caught up yet. No, Rico, we must persevere. We have this forest to get through, and we're going to do it right now. I thought okay. it was kind of... Into- bizarre that fred was really bishonen looking especially when maximilian was so like grandpa looking (laughs) i know it's a descent thing but like you know part of the humor i think would have been better on his character had fred been a little bit older i think the fact that he acted like don quixote even though he was a young guy is kind of the one part that's amusing about him it's just yeah he's just that out of it but he's still a babe right (laughs) okay did anyone use estella in battle um, I used all my characters. I leveled them all up. I went wow. over and did all the time. <laughs> I used for a little bit. Like I had to try them all out. Yeah. You kind of had to use her with her whipping boy. <laughs> yes, you did. You didn't have a choice. Well, let's see. There's Tuda really back again. Oh, Tuda got hotter in Sweet Code in 3. What's up with that? What do you that? think? He was, what, 10 in Sweet Code in 2? Hush you. Which, which means you have the same age as the main character in Sweet Code in 2. Tuda became sexy doctor time, okay? I was cool with it. I, I love Tuda. <laughs> I liked Ruby, too. Ruby was a little witch. And he was a boy. He looked like a girl. I didn't quite understand why they did that. <laughs> why don't we bring up two again? I'd like to say that I liked Eile and Rennie. They were cool. Yeah, they were. Big, also, big Circus Firebreeder I didn't use much, though. He, he wasn't nearly as versatile. You know... I actually loved in Speak Code in 3, The Village of Women. I Old thought time. that plot was really cool. Yeah, that's with, really uh, good. Yuri. Had a yeah. good tune, too. Yeah, good it did. Yeah, I like that. With, the game was I, think, great. 
that was my favorite part of Chris's story when she went on the journey with Nash to the and through the village and everything like that. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. It's... It was it was a really well thought out mission for Chris, I thought. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I also love the duck village, but I thought the ducks were just amazing. Especially Sergeant <laughs> Joe. How are yeah, the ducks Sergeant everywhere? Joe was great. <laughs> I just I mean I like the majority of the races in this game just for the fact that we have lizard people and duck people. Oh, God bless me coding because then they the gave us people. kitty people. <laughs> and Mudo to, to give a sock to the kobolds. <laughs> Let us not talk about the kitty people of Sukunim 4. <laughs> normally, normally I like kitty people, but those things were creepy. Yeah, they were. I haven't experienced them yet. Thanks for filling me with dread. They're creepy. Horrible. There's nothing nice to say about the kitty people in Sweet Code and 4, Mike. There's nowhere around it. I have to say about the duck people. I thought the duck people were... I couldn't take them seriously. You're not supposed to. Duck people walking around everywhere. You just sing the DuckTales theme song and get on with it. Life is yeah. like a hurricane oh, here in Duckburg. Lays cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck Something, something, something. Don't remember the rest of the words. DuckTales. Woohoo. You're hurting me. Don't act like you don't know the words, Sam. We just had we just had twenty people unsubscribe right there from our <laughs> iTunes feed. It's gone, man. Probably. <laughs> no, nah, I just uh, totally off track here. But one time, uh, you know, it was just one of those you know tired Saturday mornings. Been a long week of work, and you know, Shirley and I just been married for a couple of years and stuff. And there's a few things about American culture Shirley understands some of them that she doesn't, and whatever have you. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there on the computer, and I'm like, Shirley. She's just getting up, just dressed and tired. She's like, what? I said, come over. You got to see this on the internet. What is it? I said, I'll just sit there. I'll just play it. You can listen to it. And uh, it was a theme song to Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears bouncing here. Oh, she cracked up laughing. She just <laughs> fell out of her seat. You ever need to crack up your spouse, just grab yourself one of those Disney 80 cartoon opening songs on YouTube and just play it full blast in your house one Saturday morning. It'll just People won't even know what to do with themselves. If I do that, I won't get chamomile tea anymore. <laughs> I prefer to stay at my spouse's good grace. Okay, so 2003, I liked the treasure bosses. Those yeah, were those... give or take. I kept going back and fighting them because, well, I needed the money, but... Uh, yeah, I like finding things in the treasure chest. I only wish the inventory were a little bigger. I spent most of my time in character-related activities. Oh, trust me. Every time I went through there to change my party, I had to stop with uh, Nikor or whatever his name is and see a play. Nadir. Yes, spent a long time seeing how how profitable my latest play was. Not only my favorite castle in the series, that belongs to Sukhan 2, but this one wasn't bad. I can definitely get behind that. It's much better than bad. (laughs) Yay! I think we're actually running down now. That DuckTales theme really threw us off course. It does! It throws you off every <laughs> yeah. single time. It is so how, awesome. How are we supposed to continue after DuckTales? You can't thing? follow up on DuckTales. That's what makes well, it so freaking awesome. You can't, you can't say that you didn't. You went to Duck Village and didn't think of DuckTales. Uh, I just thought of Howard the Duck, the movie. Uh, Howard the I would Duck. rather think of DuckTales, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, but they had the same creepy factor. Um, no, I do not want to think of Leah Thompson trying to romance a duck. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, that that really derailed it. Yay! 
I win. I what they were. <laughs> That's how cool I am. That's my contribution to the show. All <laughs> oh, right. I guess uh, two things to throw at them before we you know, totally collapse. One, I absolutely love the music that plays when you're being fighting the Zexan Knights when you're in the Spikes and Hugo's chapter and, or Erector and stuff like that. The whole fighting the battle between Zexans and Grassland has its own music in battle. And I just love that thing. And also, the battle system in this game is really kind of very different from the other circuit in one. I don't know what to say about it. It's not really my favorite, but it's also very tactically interesting. So I don't know. I feel conflicted. Oh, the, the army battles. We haven't mentioned those in, the, in Suikoden 3. Uh, I liked them in 3. I did too. I can kind of wish the AI was a little smarter sometimes and, you know, not going after or doing something stupid. But it's not that bad, honestly. Yeah, I, kind of I remember the... there being less battles in this one than the others. There's there a lot of more small, incomplete battles, not so many big, full-on battles, because you get your army so late in the game. And yeah, just, they, they, they didn't take too long, which I kind of appreciated. Sometimes I miss the giant clash of soldiers, it's these whole lines of armies f- throwing themselves against each other and fighting it out. I liked seeing the previous games and later ones, but this wasn't here. Yeah, I think this was the last decent um, <laughs> battle system, like with, with the army battle system, I didn't like the ones after it. Hey, actually, five is my favorite. Don't diss five. Really? Oh, I hated five. Hey, five is absolutely my favorite of the mass battles in Switch. I mean, I I liked five the game. I hated five's battle system because it, I just thought it was too unwieldy. It's over battle was... all over again. It's great. I hated that it was real time. I was like, no, make me Ooh. fight this in real time. Ogre battle's awesome. No, kidoki. Is what? it is Let's it see. worth yeah, is it worth fifteen to sixty dollars? Fifteen to sixty, that's an unusually wide range. It is. But that's what I see I think, on Amazon. I think if you could get it for less than sixty and you can. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's it's a good game, it's worth playing. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely. Worth, you know, paying for. So it's a fair price, so it's worth getting. I, I like the two is, is it better than two? Well, few things are better than two. Some are better, some are worse. I just want some one better gameplay, but the story doesn't really compare because two is great. So actually for well, two is, not too much two longer. Is epic. You could still probably find this game at some GameStops used. Yeah. Mm. I would rank it. It and two are somewhat close to each other in my ranking. They do some things better than each other, but they're both roughly at the same quality level. Did you write a review on it, Minky? I did. What did you give it? Four. Four out of five. What did you give two? Four out of five. Mm. See, right. you, you can't look at my scores and go, ah, now you know. Get, get three then. It's much more economical than two. It's got the same yeah. score. You get yeah, a couple of very cute played. plays from, from yeah, uploading Suicoden really. 2 data. The, the, the fall of Necklord and the fall of Emperor Barbarossa are very entertaining plays, but I don't necessarily think they're worth buying Suicoden 2 just for the sake of uploading that data into this game. Yeah, you yeah, don't get more appreciation of the stories and stuff just from the characters and the, the whole world. Yeah. And you can play it on its own, but you miss out on some things if you haven't played the first two. Yeah, you do. Although I, I I played this one first and those two after that, and that works too. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for our Suikoden extravaganza. We're going to take just a tiny little break and come back for our Vita extravaganza. <laughs> With our blast from the recent no, no, we're not doing blast. We're gonna do final lap. Yeah, final lap. Woo!
and for some silly reason, we've returned. <laughs> and we're ready to do the final app. This is where we kind of read form comments. We read your letters, which you never send me. Or maybe they're just getting put into my spam folder. I don't know. I don't feel loved. But that's okay. When I drink, the pain goes away. And <laughs> we're going to read. So we're going to read some comments. So last episode we did, I believe it was on Xenogears or Xenosega or Xeno something around. What was it? It was Xenogears, wasn't it? Gears. Gears. Not to be confused with Saga. <laughs> we have some good comments from that. There's this little person named Strawberry Eggs. Says that we had an excellent episode. Hasn't played it yet. Shame on you, Strawberry. But it looks like something she'd be interested in. She's rather fascinated by Gnosticism, whatever the hell that means. Uh, I thought I'd throw in that evil god is usually referred to as a demiurge, meaning craftsman or artisan. Sometimes it's called... Yeah. I, I don't even... I can't even pronounce these big words. Strawberry Eggs, don't Put words on your post that I can't read while I'm drinking. <laughs> it's just, no, we don't take that here at the RPG Backtrack. Y'all the bows. Yeah, yeah, okay. Philly, you would probably actually find Gnosticism interesting. You should Wikipedia it sometime. I will, maybe one day when I'm not drinking, which is never. All right, so, <laughs> I'm just messing. All right, Sim, S-M-A-C-D, a new member with three posts, says... I'm still making my way through the previous episodes, just getting through episode 79, Dragon Week, Wick, from a little while back. I wanted to make a comment on some of it. Dragon Quest IV is among his favorite JRPGs of all time, because great memories from his childhood. I'm glad that JC Survey and possibly others have played the originals. A quick correction at one point was mentioned, you couldn't choose the gender of the hero, which is actually wrong. No, that's right. And you know, I, if I said that, I, I certainly apologize. I know in the original one, you could pick the gender, because the girl had like this really puffy, weird hair thing going on. Green Afro. Yeah. Um, so he said, uh, I don't know if any of you who did play the original NES version remember what it was like when a save goes corrupted or lost, but I remember several times when I didn't turn off the NES off right and powered on and off a few times the game would play. Most heart-sinking short piece of music with a note on about the save being lost. You know what? I, I tell you what, if I if my save file for Dragon Quest Four was corrupt, I, I would have just taken the cartridge and smashed it with a hammer because the, those long games, that's like losing a, a save game on Last Dungeon of Persona 4. It's like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, 90 hours in, you just want to kill something. Um, let's see here. He said, overall though, I agree with the comment about 4 being a better introduction series than 5. I've always been impressed with just how much story innovation the series have had. Even though the specific gameplay mechanics haven't changed much in 25 years, I'm also glad they got rid of the AI control in DQ4. Yes, I totally agree with that. I mean, that, that was just that was just huge. When I saw the DS version, that's what I was reading for. It was very impressive with new gameplay mechanic when the game was originally released, but it was also more of a challenge to work with than a benefit. And I, I do wonder if they put that in there as a challenge or a benefit. I wish there was more games like this trilogy had. It's a shame that party chat was omitted for the ds remake of dq4 glad you guys mentioned the psx remake that we never got i believe the reason for it was that the company who developed it actually went out of business during the time the localization was in process who knows in the end i'm glad we got these remakes i am too in fact i would say that the the dragon quest 4 through 6 remake right there in and of itself is a good reason to grab a ds if, if for no other reason um, they're among our favorite RPGs of all, his RPGs of all time. They really drove home the genre in more ways than FF ever did. Hmm, that might be debatable. Flame Wars, go! I remember <laughs> seeing a list of upcoming SNES games and seeing Dragon Warrior 5 on the list and waiting a long time to get it. Yeah, and that's kind of sad. Those games, like, really never came out over here until those remakes. So, you know, like you, S. Matt, whatever your name is, S-M-A-C-D, Super Mario, Smacked. accidentally 
cracked. I, I don't know what that stands cracked for. Cracked discs. Yeah, cracked. Um, yeah, good times. Um, let's see here. XR2 writes, My Kingdom for tech speed control. This feature alone would have likely cut to play time by 10 hours in Xenogears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was so much text. It was like, come on. Pressing the button. Come on. With the twists and revelations of the game, two playthroughs are easily warranted, but the sadness caused by the unfinished nature of the second disc and the slow tech speed makes it hard to do so. One of these years, I might manage. Well, my I hold up my cup to you, XR2. If you can do that, God bless you. Mm-mm-mm. Alrighty, so that was our our, no, our notes from the last show. Um, go ahead and go on to our boards at board.rpgamer.com, and feel free to write comments about this show or thoughts on our previous shows. Um, you know, this is actually kind of a good point. If if you're listening to our previous shows and you would like to make a comment about some of those previous shows, like SMACD did here, go ahead and leave comments on our most recent show about the previous shows because those are the comments that I read. I don't go back and read the forms for the old stuff, so um, that's always a good idea. Idea. Our next show, RPG Backtrack number 85, The Shadow Knows, we're going to be talking about Blue Dragon games. Another set of games I personally haven't played, so I will have to find something else to joke about to entertain <laughs> myself during that recording. Hmm. Anywho, um, let's see here. So uh, this is the part of the, pack, the part of the backtrack where we let our astute guest and host just talk about anything that they want. Yes, it's the pit stop. Yeah, I'm going to call it the pit stop. Because <laughs> you do whatever the hell you want at the pit stop. Except pit stops are kind of fast, and this this segment sometimes takes a while. Uh, oh, well. We'll think about it later. Uh, let's see. Who wants to go first? <laughs> oh, Sam says she has to leave early, I think. Sam wants to go first. Yes, I need to get up early All right, tomorrow. go, Sam, go. So, I pimp my Harvest Moon review, because it's the only thing I've done for the site lately. Woohoo! Go Harvest Moon! Is that a PlayStation 3 game? It's a 3DS game. 3D, oh my god, we get seasick playing Harvest Moon in 3D. Those vegetables are coming out at me. Is it like a Rune Factory clone, or is it like a Harvest Moon game? No, it's, it's a Harvest Moon, moon game. game. <laughs> but it's an awesome it's, Harvest Moon game. It's a really good one. Really now. good Harvest Moon game on a 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can turn the 3D off. It really isn't big. Yeah. Does it... It doesn't really matter. Does is, is it like 3D, though, or is it like isometric camera angle? Uh, like fixed camera angle isometric, yeah, or is it like 3D crap? No, it's fixed camera angle. Oh, it's really? Fixed camera. Oh, the yeah. wife might like it then. I don't think then. Harvest Moon has ever, not on a portable anyway, done a... Right, because, I mean, like, I think it was on the PlayStation, I think the first one was on the N64, and then later on the PlayStation, my wife played some of the later Harvest Moons, well, later, I put that in quotation marks, because it was like 10 years ago, Um, and she she doesn't like those, she doesn't like the 3D camera angles that you see common in, like, Super Mario 64, any game that's been made since then, pretty much, Um, it makes her seasick. But in, and it really broke her heart when Harvest Moon kind of went that way on the platform because she just can't play it. But the 3DS one is is a fixed isometric deal, huh? Yep. Yep. It's cool. really good. Awesome. I'll let her and know. With that, I have to get up early because if I don't, my Labrador Retriever is going to beat the living snot out of me for dog park time. Marshmallow, we really appreciate you being on the show, even if you are a lesser person than the rest of us for the next 20 or 30 days until you can open up your Vita. I see. Vita. Mean to me. <laughs> okay, I'm well, have a good night, Marshmallow, and dream of Vitas that I'll be playing. Okay. I will. All right, take care. <laughs> Let's see. Our next person who's dying to get out of here is Kit Kat. Yeah. What's up with you, Kit Kat? 
I did hot yoga for the first time today, and I'm just ready to, for bed. I've been ready for bed for like five hours. But um, are you playing anything cool, I mean, I, interesting? Anything you want to pimp? A website, activities, vitas? Uh, no, I've been going old school. Um, I pulled out my PS2 because my brother's boring. My PS3, mm-hmm. and I've been playing Okami. Okay, I'm about. It's a great backtrack game. Sure, we just talked about it not that very long ago. Cool. Well, Chris yeah, is still really fighting spider. It. Oh yeah, I'm at the spider, but oh, just it's so good. I love the graphics. Oh, so pretty. I just wish the first 20 minutes of the game wasn't unskippable. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play something like right away when I started it, and then it started, and then I was like, oh crap, I have 20 minutes of unskippable stuff to watch. Crap. But I stuck with it, and I was glad I did. Good for you. And you know, if you want to, once you get through it, you're always welcome to jump on semi recording, or we can get you on the end of a backtrack, and you can talk more about it. We actually just did an Okami show not too long, Okami Din or whatever show not too long. Both ago. of them. Both of them. Yes, Okami Din show. <laughs> even though I, even though I named it, uh, show me those canines because I had to get clever like that. You, you're too clever, Mike. Nobody knows what these shows are. Go back and listen to it, guys. Don't just ignore whatever titles Mike puts on. Just listen to it, and eventually well, you'll get to the show. That just goes for everything. Just listen to it. Oh, my gosh. Because we're awesome. Isn't that right, Phil? Oh, we are. Anything else from you, Miss uh, Kit Kat? You think else you're on a pimp? Nope, that's about it. Well, we thank you so much for being on the show. Hopefully you'll be on again so I can find other ways to make fun of your name. All right. Sounds good. All righty. Let's see. Be well. See. Good night. Be well. Good night. night. Good Moving night. on down the list is Mr. Nathan. Well, I mean, last time we talked about how I was playing Fantasy Star, so I want to talk a bit more about that. Since In the two weeks since we did our last recording, I managed to finish Fantasy Star 2 and completely complete Fantasy Star 3. Well, at least one of the routes through Fantasy Star 3. So I'm surprised to learn this, a lot of different one, right, routes through it. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, like I said, it was fairly short, wasn't it? Yeah, a little shorter than I expected. Basically, cut out almost all the filler from that. You know, really padded out Fancy Star Two, so it didn't drag on as long. Nice. I had this one moment where, I, because I couldn't find the one invisible square I had to stand on to progress the plot, I got horribly sidetracked for hours. But other than that, it just went smoothly. It was a nice change from two, which. Okay, whoever designed the dungeons in Fantasy Star 2 must have had some kind of undying hatred for mankind they need to express themselves for. I don't know. You finished it. That's more than I can think of done. They were probably just drinking whatever I drink every night. <laughs> yeah. Is it, well, I, is it well-aged what you're drinking, Phil? Because they must have been drinking it 23 years ago. It's not well-aged. It's just completely randomized in how it's mixed together. So yeah. how long did it take you in... To beat two, Nathan. Um, it took me a while. Uh, there's no playtime count for the right. game, so I'd have to say, like uh, probably about two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks of playing pretty seriously. Uh, I got through three in like a week and a half. I thought you meant three and a half weeks worth of hours for a second. Dang <laughs> man, <laughs> holy cow! That, that would makes, be bad. But... That w- that's MMO playing time right there. Uh, I was about <laughs> to say, holy cow! Did you level up in WoW? No, I was playing a lot of Xenoblade in the meantime, too. And I finally beat Xenoblade in the last few weeks as well. So. Nice. Yeah, but still. I've just, I don't know what to say about Fantasy Star games. They're, they haven't aged well, is all I'll say. But. Well, get to four. Four yeah, has aged four well. Yesterday. I started four yesterday, and it's actually kind of fun. I mean, it feels like pure, distilled, stereotypical Japanese RPG, but it's fun, so. Yeah, four won't take you very long either, so blast through it. 
and you won't you won't have to spend any time grinding or getting lost in dungeons. And I think you'll have a much better time than you did with the others. Although, yeah. people who really like to be abused apparently love to, and I can <laughs> sort of see it. Yeah, I mean, two is it's a crazy game. It's just terrible dungeon design except for like two dungeons. Maybe it's kind of interesting that the point where you get all the item weapons to give you infinite healing. That's the difficulty ramps up, so you need to depend on infinite healing, and this becomes a little more strategically interesting. But it feels like at that point I must be deranged to be realizing that this game is strategically interesting because it's so bad <laughs> sometimes. I mean, it has its fun moments. I like, you know, other party members actually just show up at your doorstep saying I and have motivations for that, which is so different than the typical way things go in RPGs these days. So it's a nice refreshing change of pace that. But I, of the first three games, Fantasy Star 1 it might be the best of all of them, randomly enough. And did you manage to finish that yet? Yeah, I beat oh, Fantasy Star 1 I'm sorry, you told me that about one? that last time and I forgot. Yeah, it went smoothly enough, which is kind of surprising. I had to use a few guides. I managed to get to three without much in the way of guides, which is a nice change after two. Where I, I got lost in a dungeon even though I had a map. How does this happen? As uh, you say, the, designer, the designers of those dungeons, they had it for you. What did you play Fantasy Star 1 on? What system did you play Fantasy Star 1 on? Oh, I did the advanced collection of the first three. Ah, okay. I had a master system and a copy, but I sold it a couple months ago. I never got the chance to play it in its original board. Hmm. Anything else, Mr. Nathan? No, that's about it. Just playing those games. That's all I can talk about. You know what I mean. That's I'm actually more. quite a bit to talk uh, about. Yeah, I about to say, <laughs> when a game has that much death, <laughs> that much pain, <laughs> that much suffering... That's all you need. Shoot. Alrighty. Oh, also, I, there's one thing I need to mention. Fantasy mm-hmm. Star 3 is the weirdest game ever simply because the final d- boss is hidden in a treasure chest. I don't know why. <laughs> it's hidden in a treasure chest. The weirdest thing ever. This is true. It took me completely... It blindsided me. And, of course, it's the one major link Wait, to the other Fantasy Stars. Wait, you've just spoiled it for me! Crap! Spoilers. Oh, my God, my precious ears. Well, we did a fancy star backtrack a couple of years ago. You can go listen to I, that. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't taking notes. I was drinking. Okay. Oh, and Nathan, did you not find the battle music of Fancy Star 3 awful? It was terrible. It was <laughs> mind-numbingly grating. Again, it sort of feels like the games have done something bad to you. And you start, it almost sounds a little catchy by the end. It's like, how does that sound catchy? What's wrong with me? The 10,000th time is the charm. I'm finally seeing what this composer was thinking when he rendered it through a broken Moog synthesizer from the 60s. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Ah, Mr. Stringing. Oh, I'm excited about Baldur's Gate tomorrow. I mentioned that last time. Tomorrow I get to play it finally after the wait. I'm expecting a full report. Yep. And then, what else? I started playing Shadow Hearts. Shadow Pretty. who? Shadow Hearts. Oh, Shadow Hearts. Judgment, okay. Judgment oh, Angel. Shadow Hearts is the best. It's got spinning wheels. <laughs> this actually pissed me off sometimes. No, no, the wheels are your friends, man. They're awesome. No, not when they miss, and then I get hit again, and it makes the battle take longer. Sometimes it annoys me. Well, you should have thought about that before you missed. 
<laughs> you know, it's risk versus reward because, you know, you can go for the big, huge area that's a hit, or maybe you go for that little tiny critical area that's surrounded by miss spots. Yeah, I go for the critical area. Yeah, then who do you have to blame about missing, huh? All right, greedy well, little I, man. You know, it catches me off guard when, like, the first one comes up, like, shit, I already missed it. <laughs> yeah, greedy is a problem. Yeah, I'll teach you a thing, lesson. Interesting thing, what Sega's doing... Uh, on YouTube, people, anyone that has a Shining Force 3 or a Shining in the Horror video has had a cease and desist, or actually, Sega just went through YouTube and just blew up everyone's accounts who had those videos on there. So I saw that. Thing- I, w- I was looking for some of the tunes from Holy Ark on there, and they're all gone now. Yep, all gone. They blew, and I, I was a friend that actually does a lot of Let's Plays, and uh, his whole account got basically shut down, his whole channel. And he had other stuff, non-Shining you know, Force stuff, but uh, basically they have the, the Shining Art game coming out on PSP. Uh-huh. Uh, probably going to be in Japan. So I think what Sega's doing is canning all the Shining the Holy Ark and Shining Force 3 so people won't get them confused with the new Shining Art game, and then that'll pop up on the YouTube searches quicker and easier and people can find that so i think they're basically pissing off a lot of old diehard shining force fans for this new yeah thing. it's not like any good anyone other than a diehard shining fan remembers those games now cool. <laughs> so that's just something a little interesting tidbit that another another stupid mistake sig is doing on the marketing and pr schemes so. i'll say smooth pr move yeah Take off your Somebody ought to compile a list of all the stupid blunders Sega has made over the years and uh, see how large a file it makes. They used to be <laughs> so cool and awesome and Sonic the Hedgehoggy and man. They're a decent, decent publisher now, but they still do stupid stuff all the time. It, it, they they had so many, so many chances to, to, to succeed, yet they keep spiting themselves. So. That's it for me, though. Too funny. Mr. Apps. <laughs> yes. What would you like to talk about? I would like to talk about the Vita. You know, that is the correct answer. That is absolutely the correct answer. Since yeah. I don't have a Vita, can I go before Mr. Epps real quick and go to bed? Oh, sure. Oh. You party pooper, you. I don't own a Vita, and I'm not really interested in buying Yes, you do. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> but Persona 4. Persona 4. I've already played Persona 4. Persona 4. But, but. Silent Hill yeah, yeah. Book of Memories. Silent Hill and, Book of uh, Memories. Ah, interested. Anyway. Ragnarok and Ragnarok. I don't know. Yeah, I'm running Hot shot golfs. <laughs> I got a Wii U instead. Wii U. Okay, okay, Becky. Here, here's my thing about the Wii U. Okay, here's what's bothering the heck out of me. From what I've seen in the early, you know, people who played it and posted, you know, their experiences and stuff like that. Why? Okay. Many years ago, I got a PlayStation 3, and it it took them a while to get it right, but they got the PlayStation Network finally up and running, apparently years after Xbox got their Xbox Live going, right? And then then I got a Wii, and the Wii has this crappy online store interface that's a pain in the ass to use, and it's unlike the PlayStation Network, it's not tied into an account. If my Wii gets destroyed, which has happened to my friends, you know, they've lost their games unless they mail it all in, they have to go through this whole process. So here we are, like four or five years later, we're on the next generation. And, and we're using things like Steam. The PlayStation Network looks modernized. Xbox Live is slick. Everything's tied into an account. These other major players have this down. And then what do I see about the Wii U? We still don't have things tied into an account. We still have things tied into a console. Well, what's up with that? Uh, you do have an account now. Yeah, but your games and your purchases are tied to your console still. 
And if your console goes boinkers and your hard drive crashes or whatever have you, which happens from these consoles from time to time, you don't have your purchases tied into a singular login account that allows you to re-download them like you can on the PlayStation Network, the Xbox Live, or Steam, or any other number of electronic distribution services that are out there. Origin. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. I don't really care. I'm a Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mostly play it for the main games. I don't really do a lot of downloading and stuff with Nintendo, so I don't really care. Shoot. They got to get that right one day. One day. It'll it would be, be a, nice. It'll they're, be they're a fir- firmware release five years from now. It's just incredible. They're, they're getting better, but, you know. And and they're I, I would I do wish that the store were easier to search. They're, it's better than the one on the 3DS, but that's not saying much because the 3DS store is a gigantic mess. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> against you finding the stuff you're looking for. Oh my gosh! Is it? Yeah, and I got the three. Yeah, I got the 3DS, and I got like this. Yeah, oh my gosh! It's yeah. I the, the the stuff I had to go through to find Art Academy two when I was trying to buy it was pretty impressive. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what I'm actually sharing for my. Um, wrap up today is uh we um at rp gamer we don't usually cover too many kickstarters but we will cover occasional ones um when we think they have a pretty good chance of being backed or there's some pretty good um, industry veterans behind them so recently we covered pure solar which is um originally it was the first um and only i believe um sega what was it yeah, Sega Genesis RPG to come out this um, century, basically, <laughs> um, and now they put up they put up a Kickstarter to. Um, I think there it, are a couple that came out in uh, Taiwan, actually. Yeah, Legend of um, Wukong, I think, was one of them. Okay, but it's the only one that came out in English, anyway. <laughs> um, and then they did a Kickstarter to bring it over in HD and or you can play it on your HD console um, in 16-bit if you wish to. Um, and that Kickstarter just was just recently fully funded. So there's still seven days to go if you're interested in it. You can look it up, P-I-E-R, Solar. Um, but it looks pretty interesting, although... Um, they do seem to be doing a weird thing where they're making the background HD and still keeping the sprites in for the characters. And yeah. Because, of course, the Genesis was known for its great-looking sprites that hold up under any magnification. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind, of, we're kind of hoping, I think, some of us, that we can talk them into not doing that during, <laughs> during the time when people are... I do have the Genesis version. Cool. It's pretty cool. Nice. They do a nice job packaging and doing all that stuff. So it should be, you know, a legitimate thing. But uh, did you oh, yeah. back it yet? Or yeah, I, I personally backed it, and I don't back much. But I thought this was which version looked kind of cool. Uh, PC. Uh, I was really tempted to get one of the, the another physical item from it, but if I already had it in the Genesis, I just couldn't talk myself into doing it yet. <laughs> yeah, I just got I just got the PC download because I'm a cheap bastard. Uh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I kickstarted you at all, um, but, but yeah, no, I thought it, I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, so that's I thought that was a, a nice update that they they did manage to get fully funded. Because unlike some kickstarters, they didn't ask for a million bucks; they only asked it for one hundred forty thousand, which is pretty reasonable, and they got it. But they need a million. Well, apparently they don't. But yeah, this is one of those ones. It's like, well, they already made the game, so I'm pretty sure they're actually gonna you know do what they said they're gonna do with the kickstarter. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my Shadow Run and my Wasteland to be finished before I invest in any more. Oh, I'm in a bunch of them. <laughs> I want to make sure they're going to come through. Yeah, but even if they do or not, it doesn't I mean everyone, they're all independent of each other? I don't care. It's all Kickstarter to me. Alrighty, well, I'm Phil, back. have you kickstarted any Vita games? No, they don't show up on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. No, they're terrible. They don't they don't really show up there. But I just well I kickstarted oh yeah, I get it now. You can't joke with me that way when I'm drinking. Yes, I've kickstarted a bunch of Vita games. Where do I start? Oh my gosh. Wait, did did string oh yeah, he did get a turn. Okay. And Minky doesn't really count, so Ah, uh, okay. Thanks. Thanks for that. No, we always let you go last. That way he has the final word. So, Michael and I are kind of going together this time because we're talking about Vita and how awesome it is. Vita, 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 Vita. In that Vita. case, I'm going to get some water to sap my parched throat a bit. Okay. <laughs> so, well, I haven't my video yet, so let me go play that and I'll see you guys later. All right. Yeah. Good night, fine. John. Be that way. So, yeah. So, the Vita, uh, I haven't got a Vita because they're expensive. I think they were overpriced. They have. Oh, they are. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they're, it's two. It's two fifty, which is kind of what the 3DS came out of before its price fall. It's a slick piece of hardware. It's probably worth two fifty. What will, will get me with the memory cards? I, I, I'm a downloaded person. I've I filled up my memory card on PSP a long time ago. So the idea of getting anything but the biggest memory card, you know, just isn't going to work for me. But they're like ninety nine bucks, apps. Oh my gosh! Uh, I got a I got a pretty good deal on a 32 gig one. Yeah. So well, so I got um. Uh, but then Black Friday came around, and and my wife was like, "Well, what do you want for Christmas?" You know, the only thing you ever mentioned before is a Vita, and I'm like, "Well, let's take a look." And so they had a Black Friday deal where for fifty dollars less, two hundred dollars off. You know, two hundred. I mean, two hundred dollars off. Fifty dollars off the normal price, <laughs> which is two hundred bucks. You get the Vita. You get uh. You get Assassin's Creed three. And that's worth like forty or fifty bucks, and and then yep. they're throwing in the you know four gigabyte you know card, which I guess you could use for some saves or some storage or whatever, you know one or two downloaded games, um, and that's all for that price. So I do the math in my head. I looked online at Amazon. I could find the thirty-two gigabyte card for only, and I put that in quotes, only eighty bucks. <laughs> so that's two hundred and eighty bucks altogether. And then I saw that they had just announced that on the you know with the PlayStation Plus program, you now got a library of v- of six Vita games that for fifty bucks you have <laughs> access to these six games. So for three hundred and thirty dollars apps, I got a Vita, I got a thirty-two gigabyte card, I got Assassin's Creed three, I got Gravity Rush, I got the uh, uh, Wipeout 2048, which I was going to pick up anyways, because I like Wipeout games. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics, Jet something something, you know, and a couple of other games. Yeah. You forgot about Uncharted. Uncharted, oh my god, how could I forget that one? Yeah, hello, Uncharted. Really good Uncharted. Really good Uncharted, yeah. Other than, all, other than whenever it, it doesn't have you doing something stupid with one of the, the, the touch screen or the back touch pad, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Which, which thankfully is most of the game. Mm-hmm. So but all those gimmicks are annoying. Not a bad deal. And, and of course, you know, I mean, everybody else, including myself in the past, would have said, oh, my God, the 3DS is such a better deal. Well, go out and buy a 3DS and you're going to spend a lot less for a, a memory card on a 3DS. But you go ahead and buy six games with your 3DS and see where that puts you. It's going to put you around 330. So, yeah, unfortunately, by the time you listen to this recording, the Black Friday sale is over. It's already back up to its normal retail price. So if you didn't get one, tough beanies for you. Because I think that bundle is now the bundle that I got for two hundred. I think it's back up to two eighty two ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks to be you. I saved eighty bucks. I think some. I think they were even. There was even like a Vita deal for like one hundred and eighty bucks on Black Friday. Yeah, there was actually on Amazon. It was a hundred and eighty bucks. So you could have even gotten a little bit cheaper than what I paid. Yeah. Um, I just uh, yeah. So the only good news was I got to play for that weekend. So for the extra <laughs> twenty bucks, I got to set it all up and started doing my downloads for my PlayStation Plus program and stuff. So, what about you, Abs? When did you get yours? I got—I actually got mine at launch. Ah, so you paid full price. 
I did, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Uncharted series, so I I had a, a reason to get it at launch. Did you get uh, a Did you get a memory card at full price? Uh, I forget how much. I think I got an eight gig for. I want to say twenty bucks, but that doesn't really sound right. That's probably like thirty or forty. Uh, I think thirty, but yeah, I got the eight gig at launch, and that filled up way too fast. So eventually, I dished out some serious cash for the thirty-two gig. Do you do you do you still use the eight gig and switch them out from time to time? No, I sold it to somebody. Oh, there you go. So, uh, what are you playing on there now? What do you like the most? Uh, I'm playing Persona on here now, which is how good uh, is Persona, Mike? Well, I got it last Tuesday, uh-huh. and so in a week I have put in just about 20 hours. Bam, which, that's good. Which I don't usually do unless I'm like reviewing a game and trying to beat it really quick. How how Did you play the uh, PlayStation version? I played it, but I n- never actually finished it. Did you put enough time into it to be able to compare and contrast those two a little bit? Yes. yes. Uh, this is kind of uh, backtrack worthy because, uh, you know, the, the Vita, uh, for better or for worse, is home right now to a lot of kind of re-releases, remakes, or just straight-up yeah. ports. And this is one of them. But So tell us, though, is, is Golden just a straight-up port? Uh, it is definitely not just a straight up port. Uh, for start, for starters, uh, it looks a lot better than the, the original game. Mm. Like all the all the textures and everything are cleaned up. All the uh, the models in battle look nicer. Uh, it's just overall a much nicer looking game. They've added some a second battle theme in addition to the original one. So you kind of get which you know these games have so much. So many battles, it's nice to have an, a, another battle theme. Uh, there's extra social links. You can now go out at night, so there's a bunch of extra stuff to do then. It's just like, um, it's, it's, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. It's kind of similar to what they did. Did they actually add anything to Persona 3 with Persona 3 Portable? Maybe not. Uh, I don't believe so. I've got Persona 3 Portable. I think it included some, if not all, of the FES material, but they didn't do any like major, you know, graphical updates or, if anything, yeah. they had to take a little bit of that away uh, right. in order to make it fit on the UMD. So you can you didn't quite get all the cutscenes and the voice acting that might have been in the uh, PlayStation 2 version, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Yeah. So I'd say unlike that, which kind of readapted that game to be a lot easier to play in portable. This plays just like the console version with a ton of features. So maybe kind of like the FES upgrade to the original Persona 3 but with tons of extra stuff. Like there's even some online features where you can I don't really get what it does yet but you can help each other out in dungeons I guess. Yeah it's kind of like a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon where if you get KO'd you can send out a a, you know a help thing and if one of your friends you know want to come in and help you in the dungeon they can. And there's also a feature similar to what the Atlas did with Catherine, where you can kind of see what other what choices other people made on any given day. And, you know, just some nice little touches. Uh, there's some, like, TV channel extra things, uh, where I was just looking at before, where they had, like, live footage from one of the Persona concerts in Japan, which is kind of neat, seeing a live performance of some of the battle themes from the series. So it's kind of... Um, the ultimate version of Persona 4 and really kind of a great uh, even more than Persona 4 original did kind of shows 
a lot of potential for where this series can go in the future and you know what they can do with it so hopefully uh, hopefully the next step would be to actually come up with a you know original persona because it's only been yeah. a whole generation <laughs> since you know i mean playstation 3's been out we haven't had an original persona what's up well, with this atlas Oh, that's true, but Persona 4 was already a late PS2 game. Yeah, so. but we're in PS3, man. We've been in PS3 for, I don't know, how old, How long has it been? I've had my... Six years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, we're already... We're talking about PS4s, you know. That, that's kind of expected yeah. to be announced here soon. So they've, they've ported all these, all the Persona games to Portable, even though we haven't gotten one of them in the U.S. yet. But now it's time for a new one. Yeah, it's time for fresh new Persona. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Instead, we get Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey for the DS. Get yours today. Uh, I'm well. Let's calm down because I'm all about the Strange Journey. Strange Journey's your but, friend. <laughs> I think they have a, a completely different team than those working on their portable games, working mm-hmm. on the next Persona. But it's all about uh, the money, honey. If it's a different team, then they get you know. Then the, the, the question is one of cash. Where's my game at? But what's so what's crazy about Persona for the Golden is the original game was already that good and you just don't see like games that spectacular being made even better that often and that's the case here so uh if you own a vita you and you like rpgs um i hope you already have this game and if not go buy it right now now i will put a little warning out there from people from my friends who've played it if if for some silly insane reason you have not paid persona 3 i would recommend you play that first and not because of story continuations, because I don't even think there are any, but because <laughs> Persona 4 is so bloody good that my friends are selling me, Phil, I can't even go back and play Persona 3. It's it's just it's just that it's seriously the improvements in the gameplay, yeah. You know the the depth, the tweaking, that you know it's just Persona Four was already kind of a step up from Persona Three, but Persona Four Golden just increases that contrast. So if you haven't, if you haven't, and Persona Three is a is a good good game. So go mm-hmm. back and play three first if you haven't done so before taking that step to four, which is what I planned. <laughs> yeah, if if you had any doubt that Atlas is the RPG developer like that we should all be paying attention to, this game will show you exactly why. There's so much uh, there's so much um style in the game, you know? I mean just just so much thought, so much direction, so much yeah, it's just wow, it reminds me of old Final Fantasies. It brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> yeah, it really does. They're, I mean, they're... remember what Final Fantasy I mean, you know, we always talk about 6 is obviously the best one. And I mean, remember how it moved you emotionally? Because it was, it, it just, you know, it pushed all the right buttons. It had the story, it had the music, it had the art, it had the direction. That's what Persona, you know, Persona 3 and 4 does, especially 4. It just, wow, as soon as you put that up, people notice. People pay attention. It's like, oh my god, look at, mm-hmm. the, look at the style here. So Catherine is kind of like an appetizer compared to that. I mean, Catherine's <laughs> got some style too, but it just doesn't have, you know, it's it's a different game and it doesn't have the depth of Persona 4. No, but it's got that style. It's got the it's, style. It's, it's yeah. like a tease. It's like, hey guys, this is what we can do in HD. Yeah. Now imagine a whole Persona game like this. Could you? Could you imagine? Oh my gosh, it'd be a nerdgasm right there. Just bam. Well, I, I, I think it's coming. I don't know. I think. Next year, we're going to get an announcement, finally. Finally. Is my guess. Oh, my gosh. And then and then about four years later, we'll get the announcement, Persona 5 Golden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to buy Persona 5. I'm going to wait for Persona 5 Golden. Yeah, well, buddy. My theory is, although it probably won't end up being true, but I think 
that they would do that they may do Persona Five, PS3, 360, Vita, all at once. It would be pretty cool. I mean, you know, you see that with. Uh, so, I mean, one of the things I got on the one of the things that I got for my my Vita sort of is as I did get WWE, or not W. I can't want to say for some reason I want to say WWE All Stars because I bought that a while back. Uh, no, I got uh, I got um, PlayStation, Sony, whatever the hell it's called, All Stars. Um, and so that's Sony the Sony Smash Brothers. Thank you, Sony Smash Brothers. Thank you. That's what I really wanted to say. So <laughs> yeah, just like Smash Brothers, but you're using all the Sony characters. You get the PlayStation Three version, boys and girls, and you get the code so that you can download and play the, the same thing on the Vita. And it does have this thing to where if you, you know, accomplish something, you know, in the PlayStation 3 game, it'll upload to Sony's cloud, and bam, when you're playing your Vita, you'll see, oh, I've got to, you know, 15th level or whatever the heck it's called with with, with Kratos. And so that that is really cool. That is awesome. And it's for one price, 60, you know, right now it's retail 60 bucks, but it has the codes inside, and, and you see that, you know, with some of the games. I've also pre-ordered, and it should be coming very soon, uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank Frontal Assault. The Vita yep. version is not going to be ready for a couple of months, but I think I'm hoping that the code will be inside. So <laughs> when it is ready, I can download it. But I love Ratchet and Clank to death. In fact, I got the Ratchet and Clank HD. It was on Black Friday sale. Started playing that again. I can never get enough Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank is the bomb. Nice. Yeah, they are. They I, they are awesome. I need to I need to play those. I've gotten a lot of the other. HD collection. Like I started playing the Jack and Daxter games for the first time and absolutely fell in love with those. Oh my gosh, Ratchet and Clank makes Jack and Daxter look like Big Bird and and <laughs> e, you know Bird and E Bird from Sesame Street. That's they're just that cool. They're just, well, I've been just... a Naughty Dog fan for a long time, so I get I I, I just the first enjoy one their humor. The first one, yeah, the humor is all throughout. Um, actually, I want to tell one of the jokes from it, but I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, <laughs> But but the uh, the first game is a little kind of rough, but you gotta understand it's the first of a great series, so it's kind of like that. Once you get to the second, third one, especially, there's a little disappointment because I'm surprised they don't have all four from the PlayStation Two. We're missing one of them. I forget which one off the top of my head. So good thing I kept uh, my PlayStation Two disc around. Um, the the racing game? No, no. For Ratchet and Clank, there were four games. Oh, for Ratchet and Clank. Sorry. Yeah. Um, there were four games, and one of them's missing from this collection, and I don't remember. It oh, off the top I, of my I head. know which one you're talking about, but although they are up updating that for HD. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe that'll be a DLC. Up your arsenal or something? Oh my god, it's so good. How could they not have that one? That's one of the best ones. Um, I know Deadlocked, which I think is on the disc. Deadlocked, I think it is, is the one where it's kind of like all combat arena, and some people didn't quite like that one. I personally loved it. Um, the more combat I can hear, Ratchet Clank the Banner. I didn't like the first one as much. Number one, it's a little rough around the gills. It's the first effort, not a big deal. But it's got a lot of platforming focus, and you know what? I can get platforming with Super Mario 64. What Ratchet and Clank is really awesome for, as far as gameplay goes, is just kicking the hell out of everything with really cool, awesome, original weapons that can be upgraded in RPG fashion. The more you use a weapon, the more it gets upgraded. And I think that started with the second or third one. But, um, uh, the, you know, the first the first series of weapons are, especially when you play the later ones, they feel uninspired. But uh, it's kind of like Mega Man on steroids. You don't kill the bosses and take their weapons, but you get so many cool weapons. Every time you clear a board, the vendor has a new weapon for you to try. And, you know, and you're like, holy cow, this is this is kick-ass. And, and just like Mega Man, each one's got so much ammunition. And you can switch them on the fly. Um, switching on the fly is super, super easy. Uh, and it's just, oh, Ratchet and Clank is just awesome. <laughs> what was disappointing for me was on the P, the PSP versions, they felt watered down. And I guess one of my criticisms against the Vita apps, maybe you can speak to this, but one of the 
the reasons I held off getting on a Vita is because every time we review about a game, you know, the Vita marketing, and I've said this before, the Vita marketing is you finally get the console experience in your hand. And and to some degree, when I picked up the Vita, I booted up, I really felt that. I mean, you've got Bluetooth, so I can use my head, my Bluetooth headset with it. It's awesome. I got Bluetooth speakers. It, it's awesome. Um, it's very quick. It's very snappy. It's very colorful. It's got the, you know, the menus just feel very integrated. It feels like a console experience in a number of ways. But then the games they release every time i see a review whether it's assassin's creed or or you know uncharted or any of these other big titles uh madden and such you know that are coming over to vita it's always like uh, if it, it, it still feels like a shrunk experience it's it feels like it's missing mechanics and things like that that you would normally get in the in the console version what's up with that I don't know. I, I think the the marketing was a little wonky. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think you can. You know. I mean, even with there, there are some games that are on both systems. Like you can get the full Metal Gear Solid HD collection for both of them. But you know, it's it's not it's not going to look as good as the console. So you're kind of creating unrealistic expectations by telling people that. I'm not even worried about the looks so much. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Vita looks great. I'm playing yeah. Gravity Rush, and I wouldn't, I couldn't say for a fact that it looks as good <laughs> as my PS3, but it looks damn good. Oh, that game is amazing. Oh, it's it's gorgeous, and that feels, you know, for I mean, for Gra- for Gravity Rush, what it feels like a pretty, you know, full feature game. But if I play, let's say, Uncharted on my PlayStation 3, and let's say there's cover mechanics, there's different, you know, there's eight different. We- I I don't know. I haven't played Uncharted. I'm just throwing this out there. Let's just say there's cover mechanics. Let's say there's eight different weapons let's say the main guy can jump and duck and all that when i play the vita version i'm kind of expecting the same experience even if the graphics are slightly under par you know because right. uh, which I, I don't even know if they could happen because the vita is so awesome but you know <laughs> i'm sure it did look good when i ran the demo as far as the looks go but is it is is it true that the gameplay has a couple of things stripped away from it uh i would say no i'd say it's uh i mean it doesn't have multiplayer but it's uh, it's full uncharted combat. It's got platforming. Uh, you know, really, the only major issue with that uncharted is uh, it's just it's missing miss, missing some of the like big set pieces. But I don't think those are actually what's best about uncharted. Um, you know, it's actually what they added in using the Vita only features that take away from that particular game. And that when you're actually in combat, it really does feel like, you know, full console uncharted on the go. So, but, you know, for some of the other games where they feel like kind of this stripped down version, I think it's just an issue of, you know, developers aren't, don't really want to spend the money on it mm -hmm. because, you know, it, it, for a lot of these games, it is possible. I mean, if you play um, Rayman Origins on the Vita, uh, it looks just like just as good as it does in the consoles, and that game looks so so freaking good. So uh, I think it's just a matter of you know the until unless the Vita sells a lot, it's kind of hard to justify spending the same development costs to have that full experience on the go. You know right. what I mean? Well, yeah, but it's kind of a vicious circle because people yeah. are hesitant about buying the Vita because they read the reviews saying, oh, in Madden Football, you don't have full franchise mode and you don't have full uploading exactly. of stats and stuff like that, but they don't want to put the development because people aren't, people aren't buying it, but they're not buying it because – and especially since that is like – the like I, I go to a webpage and it's like the marketing push for the Vita. Oh, it's just like – yeah. But 
with that all being said, I will say that with that, you know, with that particular criticism aside, you know, and if you can get kind of get over that and understand that, uh, you know, that maybe not every game is going to have all the features you you get on the console yeah, version. It is you know, bloody fantastic. Oh my god, it looks so good. Yeah, especially like in the first year, you know, a lot of the a lot of these games were rushed out, like you know, first first Madden for the Vita. You know, obviously, that's probably going to have a pretty short development cycle. And you know, all th- all things said, it's you know, it's a it's not horrible. It's certainly no Madden for the 3DS, which was just like exhibition mode and nothing else. So, <laughs> um, and not that I'm a Madden fan either. I just had to kind of throw that out there. But yeah, if you play, you know, playing uh, Mortal Kombat, it feels pretty fully featured. Playing the All Stars, it feels very fully featured. The fighting games are coming along, you know, just fine. In oh RP- yeah, Blast Blue looks. Oh my gosh, looks plays fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and the system is so snappy. Like on the 3DS, when I hit the start button, when in the middle of a game and go to the main menu, there's a pause. If I close it, there's a long pause while it closes. Like please wait while we please close. On the Vita, there is not even a hint of hesitation. When you oh, hit no. the PlayStation button to come out of a game, it puts in a little 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 square, and you can easily go back and forth between your other apps. If you need to close the game, it's just simple as swiping it off the screen, and it's just there's no hesitation. It's it's in, yeah. you know as far as techno- technology goes, it's a marvel, and and people. People who balk at the memory card price is I like I like to tell them like just think of it as one total price and if you think of it as one total price even at the retail now it's going for three fifty um you know if, if you're not getting on a Black Friday sale um <laughs> you know understand I'm, I don't know but you know what when I look at my cell phone my cell phone retails I hate to say this out loud but um you know it retails for six hundred bucks. Um, it, it, it came to be cheaper than that, of course, because I signed for a two-year contract, which still cost me a lot of money. So <laughs> this Vita does – I mean it is technologically way more advanced than my very expensive phone. And uh, so 350 yeah, in retrospect, is not bad for the technology. It's just you know, depending on the games that you're looking for. But it's getting better. There's a lot more good games out, like you, you mentioned a few of them. I mentioned a few. So, and plus there's some, you know, the PSN games in. I haven't, have you ever tried, have you tried uh, downloading any of the uh, PSP or the PS1 games yet? Yeah. Uh, which one? Like, just off the top of your head, what's your favorite one? Um, I think, uh, I've played a lot of Dissidia on the Vita. Okay. All right. So how does that compare on the Vita playing it versus the PSP? Uh, it looks a lot crisper and you can, there's uh, options you can change. You just like, Hold hold down your finger on the touch screen. Um, I think you could change something about the graphics. I forget exactly what it was, but you can also assign things to the second analog stick. Like for uh, Dissidia, you can assign it to the D-pad so that you actually have camera control on the on the uh, second analog stick, hmm. which makes that gameplay a lot better. So for a lot of for a lot of Vita games that really, or not Vita games, for a lot of PSP games that you know you may have felt really needed a second thumbstick, you can finally play them exactly like that. Hmm. Well, fair. And enough. and for the most part, they look you know a lot better. Unlike unlike DS games on the 3DS, which have some issues. Uh, generally speaking, PSP games on the Vita look a lot better. Ah, yeah, everyone's heard my rant about. 
playing DS games back on the 3DS. Yeah. And, and that's kind of important for, for retro gaming and backwards compatibility for those people who are, you know, into retro gaming. Um, there are a lot of really interesting and good PSP titles. Um, and one of them comes, you know, with the PlayStation. We talked about earlier the PlayStation Plus deal. You can get Final yeah. Fantasy Tactics, which is actually a PlayStation 1 title. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a really but, good game. So Yeah. As far as uh, PS1 games go, I haven't really played many on the Vita. And generally speaking, um, most of those haven't aged well, so it's going to be hard yeah. for that to look very good yeah yeah no exactly it's um there you go this one uh, one is the uh, the the playstation portable as well as the 3ds and the ds have these smaller you know smaller screens and this one thing i've noticed when you play the vita and you go back and you play the 3ds like oh my god the screen's small um yeah. you know it's it's kind of hard to get used to but um uh, back again but uh in the case of a playstation one game you kind of wish the screen was smaller because of the lack yeah. of detail <laughs> shoot uh okay well, well fair enough i haven't actually had uh too much time with my vita aside from um gravity rush uh well, I, I i did review an rpg you might be interested in Ooh, what was that vita. what was that that was silent hill book of memories that's an rpg it is get out no it's and it's can it be first, an rpg it's a silent hill game it's the first silent hill game i've ever played it can't be an RPG. You're lying to me. No, it's a dungeon crawler. What, is it like turn-based? No, it's like hack and slash. Huh. Hack and slash with kind of a survival horror flair to it. Because huh. you've got extremely limited, limited inventory slots and limited health packs. All your weapons degrade, so you have to repair them as you go along. So, wait, wait, why? I mean, that's kind of like horror genre, anyways. You're kind of walking around limited inventory, limited slots. What makes yeah. it an RPG over one of those games? Well, your character levels up. You can pick which stats you want to level up, which translate to you know how how your skills work and hmm. what types of weapons do more damage, uh, whether or not you get more health, things like that. It's a Vita game, you say? Yes. What did you give it? I gave it a... I believe I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. 3.5? Oh, come on now. Yes. It's a Vita game. It automatically starts <laughs> at 4 and goes up from there. Uh, I mean, it's not perfect. It's got some re- repetition issues like a lot of dungeon crawlers you know, have. Uh, but it's a really interesting title. You know, It's not you know a lot of games like that. You expect kind of just take the Diablo formula and go from that. But it, it really doesn't do that. It, oh. It's not it's not really focused on loot or anything like that. Um, and it actually, all the dungeons are randomly generated. All the levels are randomly generated, and you can actually go like goes up to some crazy number. There's like 21 to beat the main storyline, and then it goes up to like 500 or something crazy like that. Wow, that is yeah. crazy. And the story is pretty sparse. You can get it through notes you find in the dungeons. Um, but I guess in the post-game, you can find even more of those. So, you know, there's, it's, there's a lot interesting about it. You know, it's got full multiplayer, so it looks really good. So, yeah, it's a really interesting RPG. And um, really hope a lot more people will give it a try. Because I think when I was finishing the review, there wasn't anybody playing multiplayer, which was kind of sad. This is kind of sad. Did you play uh, Ragnarok? Uh, I have played a good amount of Ragnarok, too. Is it good? It's good. It's very... A lot of the bosses are very hard, and you're going to want to... If you want to get into that game, you're going to want to plan to do those via multiplayer. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, that game is pretty cool. It's kind of like... 
Monster Hunter mixed with fast-paced action. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Let's see here. Hmm. All right. Anything else new, fun, and exciting? Uh, I'm having a baby. Ooh, we'll never see you again. That, it was great knowing <laughs> you, though. Yeah. Well, you know, I you know I do Q and A. Normally, I'd pimp it, but I am going to after this week. I will be off of that for a few weeks. Are you going to try and take my whole letter in one go? Uh, yeah, that is all going to be taken care of this week. Hmm. Unless unless the baby randomly arrives early, in which case all all hell will break loose. But yeah, the plan is I'm going to answer that whole thing this week. That'll t- that'll make a big column. Yes, and then somebody else is going to be handling it for the few weeks after that. Severin, I think. Yes, and which is going to be weird because I don't think I've been off more than one week of Q&A since I started. I think Becky did it once. That's all I can remember right now. Uh, yeah, I've had a few people cover for like one week, but I don't think I've ever like not done it for multiple weeks in a row, so it's going to be weird. But yeah, people should pay attention to that and get some letters in for Severin and wish me luck. Okay. Hope, hope the kid eventually likes RPGs. Or I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him any until at least two years old. He's likely more more likely to drool over them than doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, start him with roguelikes at the age of two, and then we'll work up to Persona by five. He's your kid, man. <laughs> hmm. Well, good for uh, God bless you. Just almost say because God. <sighs> um. Anywho. Uh, what else? Let's see. What have I been doing? Uh, well, a couple little news real fast. Um, so, um, what do we have? We have, we have, uh, just not a lot, too much in the retro news, but, uh, the dark eye change of Satanov, or Satanov, or Satanav, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, it's an adventure point and click fantasy deal. Uh, I'm not a big, huge fan of those. Um, but, um, but it is the dark eye, which is, uh, which is a role playing uh, game system. We've had a, a couple of, um, RPGs from the dark eye system, uh, kind of come out and, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and I'm just beating myself up for the name. I'm going to have to Google it, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> they're on, um, I think they're on Steam. Uh, the real, you know, the RPGs. Um, let me see if I can just find out those names real fast. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Drakensang. The Drakensang games. Um, Drakensang, Drakensong, whatever they're called. They're all based <laughs> on the big, one of the biggest pen and, pen and paper RPG, you know, properties that over in Europe, Germany, etc. I mean, here we have D&D and we have Pathfinder are, are probably the two biggest names uh, off the top of my head, plus, a, you know, a couple of other good games systems but um vampire yeah vampire the masquerade uh you know got the um yeah and um cthulhu and things like that anyway hmm. i'm supposed to do the closing announcement but uh i'm i'm just really tired tonight i'm sorry i'm gonna have to leave now (laughs) okay well or just uh yeah yeah um cool good night everybody see you later thanks mike so that um oh Whoa, that was a Whoa. <laughs> so that was uh, that was uh, uh, Dragon saying uh, the Dark Eye has been uh, and, and there's been a, like one or two. 
prequels, sequels, whatevers, has been some, you know, very pop, well, I won't say very popular, <laughs> very westerny, <laughs> solid RPGs uh, in the vein of, uh, you know, Baldur's Gate, D&D, deep game systems and the such, uh, because they're based off of that, you know, pen and paper system that actually is a little bit more deeper than I think than D&D at first blush anyways, as I played a little bit of it. Um, but the, uh, the Dark Eye Chains of uh, Satanov is decidedly an adventure point and click fantasy deal, but it's set in that Dark Eye universe. Um, the, the graphics are very, very gorgeous, mostly 2D, but all hand-painted, hand-drawn, um, uh, you know, and, and really it's got that whole D&D kind of dark, well, maybe not D&D, more of a um, what's it called a uh, dark fantasy type of thing low fantasy uh kind of feel to it just looking at the screenshots so hmm. you might want to go check that out um it's on gog for 15 dollars. i don't know if it's on steam or not i, I saw it first on gog so <laughs> but um definitely a point and click deal so um set set that here so i want to check that out but not a whole lot of other stuff we already mentioned the uh the remake of Baldur's gate coming out here so that'll be pretty cool um, but, uh, yeah, I've been, I just, uh, as for me, myself, and I, um, just keep doing lots of Pathfinder and organized, you know, uh, society play, um, which is very, very interesting because you're, you're taking something, you know, pen and paper role-playing games are decidedly, you know, not organized, you know, I mean, just by its nature, everyone's playing game with different house rules, and if you ever leave a group normally, your, your character is dead, finito, gone, because you can't really just take them to another group, but with organized play, you try to bring some order to that, so, uh, that's been very interesting to, to kind of go through that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, let me see people get really upset when they have to follow rules. <laughs> it's really <laughs> great. It, it's awesome. You know, with Magic the Gathering, it's the same. With Magic the Gathering, you know, everyone can kind of relate to that. Everyone's played it at some point. And, uh, you know, if, if you're playing with your friends, you, you each probably don't have many deck rules, 60 cards, whatever. But if you're playing at a convention or you're going to a store, there's always these pre-built deck options and rules and things like that. And everyone's used to the fact that if you go and play in a store, you're going to have to spend money and you're gonna to have to follow these rules and everyone's okay with that but when it comes to pen and paper and you start trying to say you might have to spend a little money and you might have to follow oh man all hell breaks loose no oh, i can't do it oh my god <laughs> so yeah good times uh so kind of dealing with that but yeah i love my vita um i'm probably gonna go back and play persona 3 now just so i can play persona 4 without being spoiled <laughs> nice yeah because my friend was like no don't do it but i'm like this persona 4 is really cool i started playing it and it's gorgeous and it's <laughs> awesome no you'll never go back and finish persona 3 yeah told me you didn't finish that well yeah but no go back and play persona 3 first so gotta go back and finish yeah just play just play four just play four who cares yeah yeah um, but I think that's pretty much it. You're always, uh, everyone's always welcome to, again, shoot off your emails. Uh, normally I would say jcservant at rpgamer.com is my email address. Uh, that's pretty much spelled like it sounds, jcservant, you know, just the proper way to spell it, at rpgamer.com, but uh, sometimes I don't get that, so I would encourage you to post on the boards at board.rpgamer.com, or you can always try my, my personal email address at jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com, and, uh, and shoot us off uh, emails, questions, comments. We love to hear them all. And uh, we try to get those read on the show for your listening pleasure. That is so awesome. We have lost all of our guests and Mr. Minky. Only Mr. Apps is still with me because he's got an app for staying awake. And uh, 
and uh, but that's okay. We we thank everybody who was on the show today, um, and Mr. Minky especially because he's the one who puts us together. He's the one who makes it happen. Without him, forget it. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. So write your questions and comments on our boards um, or email me and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us at twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show, RPGcast, and it's all at rpgamer.com. Normally I would tell Mike to put us to bed, but he already went to bed, so I'm just going to tell you, listen to the music and don't stop until the MP3 ends because there's going to be a lot of cool music. And have a good night. Life is